comics, TV, movies, video games, and more. The Comic and Culture Cast. Holy is the crow a scroll, Batman? It's time for the Comic and Culture Cast. This is Lesh, your marvelous Marvel guy. And I may not be from the capital, but I'm your DC guy, Josh. Alright guys, so the latest installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is here. In this episode, we will be reviewing Captain Marvel in spoilery detail, so beware. Uh, Josh, you did not see the film. Uh, I did not. Yeah, but I went with my Tito-ish, uh, uncle-ish, for those that don't know, uh, who I've been wanting on the show basically ever since we started this podcast. So welcome, Tito-ish. Glad to have you on. Uh, now, before we fly higher, further, faster with the marvelous Carol Danvers, mm. we have... <laughs> you hated that? <laughs> we have Newsflash. <laughs> All right, let's quickly remind them what Newsflash is. Remember that we're going to set a 15-minute timer, and at the end of the 15 minutes, no matter where we are, we're going to pretty much finish our sentence, and then that's it for Newsflash. Anything left over gets put into next week. Or our Facebook page. Or our Facebook page, yes, and we'll talk more about that at the end. So, I'm about to set a 15-minute timer. Are you ready, Lush? I'm ready. And here we go. All right. So first, I want to give a huge congratulations to the Academy Award winners. I want to specifically congratulate Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for its best animated feature win and Black Panther for its wins in costume design, production design, and original score. Black Panther has always been one of my favorite heroes. Uh, I've been waiting for him very impatiently to be part of the MCU since he was teasing Iron Man 2. Uh, So to see this character not only enter this universe, but become so loved by so many people really makes me proud. So thank you to everyone involved with the makings of uh, Black Panther and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Thank you for your creativity and hard work. Both of those films, great. Excelsior, baby. All right. Cool. All right, speaking of Academy Awards, I just wanted to cover some things that I thought were interesting having to do with the Oscars Mm -hmm. and really the viewership and the ratings over the years and how um, they've been on decline recently. But Mm -hmm. this year they had a bit of a turnaround and came back up. And I have my own theory as to why. Mm -hmm. But before I do that, let's just say um, in 2015, um, we'll start 2015 through now. 2015, 37.3 million people watched and gave it a 25 rating. I don't know exactly how the ratings work, so just see it in comparison to um, years after. Yeah, I have 2016, no idea either, so. it went down slightly to 34.4 million and a 23.4 rating. 2017, down again to 32.9 million and a 22.4 rating. And 2018 was a very low time of only 26.5 million and an 18.9 rating. This year had an upturn up to 29.6 million. Not back up to as high as it was in 2017, but definitely coming back up. And then same thing with the rating of 21.6. Coming back up, but not 
um, back to where it was in 2017. So I have a couple theories as to why this is happening. I know this doesn't really have to do with comics or anything, but it is culture. So <laughs> yeah, true. Um, why did this year have better ratings? Most people um, are not watching these quote Oscar bait films mm-hmm. very often, and so most of the films that were being featured in the Oscars in years past, especially 2017 and 2018 and 2016, people weren't that interested in. They weren't actually seeing these films. They weren't popular films. I think the second reason is also um, that the Oscars have been very politicized, especially by the hosts talking about politics, and people don't want that in their entertainment, especially when you look at um, how the country's been voting recently. It's been a pretty even 50-50 split. Mm -hmm. So no matter what side they take, they're going to make half the country mad Mm. and lose that audience no matter what side they take. So people don't want politics at all in their um, entertainment. And this is also the reason why I never watched the Oscars, both of these reasons. I've never watched the films, and also I don't want to be told about people's politics. So why was this year's better? And I think the reason was popular films were nominated. You could see that, especially with Black Panther and Into the Spider-Verse, like you said. I definitely think that Black Panther being nominated is really what pushed it up. I agree. It's a popular film. And then also, Mm. there was no host. So no one to be... Now, there were a couple people who got political when it came to directors and such, but Mm. no person constantly pushing something as a host. And I think those are the two reasons why people haven't been watching and why this year it's been better. I, can I actually ask, uh, say one of my theories, actually? Because I actually sure, have something that you haven't uh, put here. But I definitely think that, like, uh, the Oscars have been dropping. But I think it's fair to say, like, if you look at, your, like, your favorite shows and, like, even football ratings are down, too. Um, I, I feel like maybe, like, also streaming services have something to play in here. Good point. Um, like People Netflix and Hulu. TV. People just aren't watching TV anymore. So I definitely think there's, like, a bunch of different reasons why it's kind of going down. But, yeah, I definitely think Black Panther being nominated really pushed it up a bit um i agree but yeah we'll have and to see i'm curious to know like how they're going to be next year to be honest with yeah you. like ratings yeah. wise and we could definitely see especially if um they nominate more popular films and they mm-hmm. go the no host route again especially with how well that went this year yeah i liked no host actually yeah. i saw and it lo- yeah it looking well. at um i looked at several articles mm-hmm. online about the oscar ratings and i looked at the comment sections between um, three different websites, I looked at 21 comments. Mm-hmm. Five were positive, 16 were negative. Of the 16 negative, 11 talked about too much politics in the Oscars, four talked about a lack of popular films, and one talked about both. So mm-hmm. I think that does lead some credence to it. Um, and I think that's the reason why it's been going down and now has made an upturn. But I think mm-hmm. the overall down also has to do with what you said people just not watching tv anymore i definitely think that like uh i mean we'll kind of get to this in a minute when i talk about captain marvel and stuff but i do do think that like if people want to talk about like their political stance i feel like people have like a voice and should be able to talk about that but i feel like an award show is just really not Not the the time and place for political comments and but that's just me but yeah yeah i'm with you there Mm -hmm. let's move on yeah all right so we have a ton of Pokemon news to get to. So first, uh, we have a brand new trailer for Detective Pikachu. Uh, huge Pokemon fan. Super excited for this. I really... Have you seen the trailer, Josh? For Detective Pikachu? Yeah, I haven't the seen second the new one. one. I saw the first trailer. So they showed Mewtwo in it. and I did see screenshots of that. It looks like it's really cool. I I um I so wish that they saved this for like the actual movie. That would because like really cool. that would have been just such a cool surprise, and it kind of just ties back to like how you know trailers just show too much these days. But 
Um, like, I still got me really excited, don't get me wrong, but, like, seeing that in the theater, oh, man, that would have, like, just blew my mind. But definitely go check that out. They show a lot of, like, new Pokemon that we haven't seen yet. Apom looks super scary. Uh, but, yeah, go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, also, we have the first trailers, and we have the reveals, actually, for uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, which Isn't are the also new... also Pokemon Gun? So... Is that a meme or is that an actual? So thing? I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to that because I actually have like a bit a bit of funny news to kind of mention about that. So okay. uh, there's Pokemon Sword and Shield, and they're the new like core Pokemon games uh, coming to Nintendo Switch. Um, the the Pokemon game is going to take place in the Gala region, which seems to resemble England, which I think is really cool. Hmm. Uh, we also have the new starters. We have the Fire Rabbit Score Bunny, the Timid Water Lizard Sobble, and my favorite, the Grass Chimp Grookey they're all adorable you gotta check it out it's so cool uh pre-orders are live now if you want to secure a copy for lunch for launch day um so the funny kind of piece of news um so pokemon gun is not an actual game uh but people have been posting so much about it that actually i forgot where but some like i don't know if it's like a newspaper or like some like website or something thought pokemon gun was an actual game and so they they said that the new Pokemon games are Pokemon Sword, Shield, and Pokemon Gun. So it's just like That's a little funny. bit of funny. They actually thought it was an actual thing. I, I not thought just it a was joke. too. So. Yeah. So yeah, just kind of some funny news there. Um, so yeah, Detective Pikachu is coming out May tenth this year, and then Pokemon Sword and Shield are going to come out later this fall. Uh, Nintendo revealed we're also going to have much more Pokemon stuff throughout the year, but they haven't kind of specified what that'll be yet. So make sure to stay tuned for all the Pokemon stuff. Very cool. Yeah. All right, I have a quick little thing here. We actually have a date for Aquaman 2, according mm-hmm. to Boris Kitt from The Hollywood Reporter, mm-hmm. and it is December 16th, 2022. I was talking to one of my students, and he seemed surprised and disappointed with that. He is a very, very large Marvel fan, mm-hmm. and um, he said that Aquaman was his favorite DCEU film. He said if mm-hmm. it wasn't for Infinity War, Aquaman would be his favorite movie of 2018. And um, it was really cool to hear that from him because we talk mm-hmm. about comics a lot um, in between class time and such. But he said that he thinks that's too much time, four years. I'm actually and, kind of surprised that, but I guess we have the Trench movie, right? So Yes, and the Trench movie yeah. is supposed to come before that. Mm-hmm. But um, what I pointed out was Between Man of Steel and BVS was four years. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I, I see yeah. no issue with four years in between sequels as long as there's something else in that universe mm-hmm. in between as well. Gives them more time we to work on it. obviously are so. getting. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like we're getting Wonder Woman 1984 in 2020. Yeah. So I see no issue with it being a four-year period, but I understand where he's coming from with that. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's what I have for that. Cool. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the X-Men. We have a brand new trailer and what I'm guessing is the theatrical release poster for uh, Dark Phoenix. Uh, I posted the poster in the show notes like it josh i do think it's cool yeah um we also have the trailer um i actually was not as big of a fan of it um i don't know i'm getting really kind of x-men last stand vibes and that movie does not sit well with me uh but i love the x-men and obviously i've become a big game of thrones fan so i'm i'm a fan of sophie turner now so i'll be supporting it but i am a bit worried about kind of what they are showing but yeah. Yeah. I saw that trailer for the first time today, actually. Mm. The same student oh, nice. I was just talking about with uh-huh. Aquaman. Um, today during lunch, he showed me this trailer. And nice. I got to say, I actually kind of liked it. I've mm-hmm. always liked the Dark Phoenix story and the Dark Phoenix character. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I really like this timeline of X Men films. Yeah. I really like what they've done with it the whole um, 
last stand, not last stand um the future days of future past and um apocalypse and that that whole storyline there Mm -hmm. i really liked and um my only thing is that one woman with the white hair i'm kind of curious what role does she play oh yeah familiar to me Mm. and why was she added to the story and what's going on there that's my only concern going in yeah but like i said i really want this film to do well just like you because Mm -hmm. i really like this franchise and i know this is the end of that franchise so i'm excited to see how they end it yeah for sure and with that, let's go to my next piece of news. And that is, sorry, scrolling back down. Okay. <laughs> According to Forbes and Batman on film, there is a rumor, again, rumor, that the Batman film will feature at least four different villains. But there is no word yet on who these villains would be. I like this news, actually. I like this news, too. Yeah. I, I've always wanted them to do kind of like an Arkham Asylum, Arkham City type, like... Oh, if they could base it off like something like that and include like a bunch of different Batman villains, I think that would be, cool. be super cool. Have you seen Gotham at all, the TV show? I've seen the like the first few seasons, but okay, I haven't. I same. didn't keep up with it. I've only seen the first two or three seasons as well. Mm-hmm. But like what they do there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like of how there's all the right, different right. villains going on, but yeah. they all tie together. Something like that, I think, mm-hmm. would be really cool. Yeah, because Batman, like it's without a question, he has like the best villains. Like I yes. think, like I don't even think that's debatable like like joker penguin riddler like all of them are just so iconic at this point you know like having a bunch of them would be so cool yeah i would say uh, there are villains i like better but Mm -hmm. overall right as a rogues gallery he's the best rogues gallery yeah yeah Mm -hmm. all right so go on to your next news okay so uh we have some new star wars news actually a bunch of star wars news uh it's been confirmed we'll have our first look at Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order at Star Wars Celebration. That's next month. Uh, it's the Respawn Entertainment game. You probably know them from Titanfall and Apex Legends as of late. Uh, so we'll be getting our first look at that uh, in April. The game is set to release this fall. Um, the Mandalorian, which is the live-action Star Wars show that's coming to Disney+, Plus, has wrapped principal photography so that's good kind of making way on that i don't know if it's coming out this year or not but i guess we'll have to see and then this is kind of like the big star wars news uh we have a big breakdown of uh galaxy's edge which is the expansion uh star wars expansion coming to disneyland and to hollywood studios uh so i'll try and kind of get through this as fast as i can but there's like a lot to kind of break down Um, a heads up we have two and a half minutes Okay, uh, so we have uh, we're on the the two rides that'll be there. There's gonna be the Millennium Falcon and Rise of the Resistance. Uh, Millennium Falcon. I mean, you guys can probably guess what that is. You're gonna be in the Millennium Falcon and you're gonna be going crazy with it, basically flying it, firing its cannons. Um, Rise of the Resistance. Uh, you're gonna, I guess, from what I know about it, it's gonna be like a Star Tours type thing. Um, well, you you'll be with the Resistance, um, and I think Finn Poe, Ray, the newer Star Wars characters will be making appearances uh so there's that um character greetings obviously we know that the fan favorites will be there um and then what's cool is that if you go up to cast members uh at galaxy's edge they're either going to be resistance sympathizers or first order loyalists which i think is really cool that like the the cast members like they'll be like part of the world essentially so uh that's pretty exciting the shops have me like super excited so you can uh you'll be able to create your own lifesaver um, and your own BB or R2 unit. What's cool is that the lightsaber and the droid will react to certain things around Galaxy's Edge. Like there's like hidden messages and they'll react certain ways. That's cool. So kind of like the wands and Universal Studios. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. So that has me really excited. Um, there's some other 
like shops here, but I, I'm just gonna kind of skip that for a time. Uh, food and drink, there's gonna be restaurants there. I don't think that's really that important to kind of cover. Uh, we have the release date. Uh, it's gonna be opening up in California on May 31st, and in Orlando August 29th. Cool. Yeah. All right. I have one minute and three things that I'm gonna try and shotgun real quick. All right. Do New it. New Shazam trailer came out Monday. Looks cool. Um, my thoughts on the film are still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do well, but also uh, I'm kind of disappointed in the tone that they're mm-hmm. taking with it. But also, the, the, we, see what I said about it before. I don't want to waste time. Yeah. <laughs> um, my thoughts haven't changed. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Black Adam news. Interesting. According to a new report from that hashtag show, Adam Zeitkiel, I hope I said that right, turned in a new copy of the script at the end of February, and there are a few big-name DC heroes popping up in this Black Adam script. The big one that is supposed the big one is supposedly Carter Hall, which is Hawkman, mm-hmm. and then there's also Stargirl and Adam Smasher, JSA members. So that's really interesting. And then lastly, there's a rumor of the new Suicide Squad movie roster. This is via the Collider, mm-hmm. and they are saying King Shark. The Peacemaker, Polka Dot Man, Rat Catcher, and Deadshot. But they're saying Deadshot won't be Will Smith. It'll be played by Idris Elba, which is an interesting, interesting idea. Yeah. I always wanted Idris Elba to play John Stewart Green Lantern. Mm-mm. But if this is what they use him for, he's a good actor, so we'll see. Mm-mm. And that is the timer, so we are out of time. So we'll stop it there. Cool. You have quite a bit of... That was all of my news. I Sorry for kind of hogging up the last minute. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. But, yeah, yeah, a lot of my news... Yeah, we can say that for next week or next cool. episode, whenever that is. So, yeah, that's Newsflash. Now, before we get to the Captain Marvel review and the comic... forgot we're reviewing a comic, too. Yeah. Um, There's something I, I kind of want to address. So I kind of made a little statement here because I know there's been like a lot of drama surrounding Captain Marvel and Brie Larson... Uh, as of late, and originally I, I just kind of wanted to stay out of it, um, but I kind of felt, I, I explained why I feel like I need the need to talk about it, so. Hey, this is post-production Josh coming in to make a quick little statement. Um, Lesh and I had a little quick conversation here about some controversy surrounding the Captain Marvel movie, and it does get a bit controversial, and I added a statement later on, actually, that gets a little political so rather than having this in the middle of the episode i know some of you may not want to hear this completely understandable that's not what you came here for but if you're interested please stay to the end of the episode and in lieu of outro music we'll play this little conversation we had and then my little statement afterwards it all pertains to comics and pop culture so i think it's important conversation but if you don't want to listen to it you don't have to but we'd love to have you Come and listen whether you agree with me or not, whether you agree with Lesh or not, or whether you disagree or agree with both of us. It's great to have these types of conversations. So we hope that you stick around for the end and hear our little conversation about this whole controversy. Let's get to the review, shall we? Sounds good. That's why That's why you're all here, I'm guessing. So let's cue the spoiler warning. Okay. All right, guys. So these are my expectations of Captain Marvel uh, before I watch the film. This is Lesh, Marvel's Marvel guy. Uh, so for me, right, I'm a huge Marvel fan. For me, uh, Marvel at its worst is still good, right? I do think Age of Ultron is good. I do think Iron Man 3 is good. I think Thor The Dark World is good. I don't think those are bad films by any means. So at the very least, I'm expecting Captain Marvel to be good. Um, I'm not expecting 
anything amazing. I feel like Iron Man, Doctor Strange, uh, Winter Soldier, Black Panther, I feel like those are kind of the really high-tier Marvel films. And just from what I've seen and heard from Captain Marvel, I don't think it's going to quite hit those strides. But nonetheless, I'm a huge Marvel fan. I'm super excited for this film. Uh, and I can't wait. So make sure you stay tuned to get my spoilery review of Captain Marvel. Warning, warning, spoilers incoming. Minus X minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Alright guys, this is Lester Marvelous Marvel Guy. I'm here with my Tito-ish, who I've been wanting on this show for a while. Alright. So, glad to have you, man. Man, thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, no problem. You want to tell the folks a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm Tito-ish, your uncle. Uh-huh. I'm a big comic book lover. Yeah. Um, and I love the Marvel movies. Yeah, Glad to be a part awesome. of this uh, review. Yeah, thanks for being on. Yeah, so, alright, so we saw Captain Marvel, right, obviously. Uh, this is the Captain Marvel review. And so I guess we'll just get right into it. We both prepared our opening. Actually, before we do that, uh, so we saw the film Thursday night. We saw a yeah, we saw it opening night. Uh, we saw an eight p.m. showing three D. And it was it was pretty packed. Oh, very so, packed. Yeah, uh, we'll have to give you guys a box office update on Captain Marvel, maybe on the next episode. But I think it's fair to say that yeah, this is gonna make a ton of money. Um, but yeah, so let's just kind of get right into it. I guess we'll start with our opening statements. Uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I guess I can go first. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. So this is my spoiler-free review of Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel is a uniquely delivered origin story that serves as a prequel to the MCU's Avengers. This is a period piece that X-Gen and older millennials will appreciate as it brings many nostalgic elements that remind us life can be heroic and spectacular before Facebook and the iPhone. The movie is beautifully depicted and surprisingly takes a cue from the Zack Snyder school of storytelling, but thankfully it's more Man of Steel and less Batman vs. Superman. The origin of Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, a.k.a. the MCU's new Wonder Woman, is a delightful tale of a time before the world knew Iron Man and reacquaints us to the spectacular universe introduced in Guardians of the Galaxy. For Marvel movie fanatics like many of us, it's a fan-fest bonanza that literally makes the geek in me scream, it's all tied together. While it certainly attempts to reign in newbies with something completely new as a self-contained story, the narrative in Captain Marvel is filled with nods and giggles that unite both new and old fans. Brie Larson works as Captain Marvel. She's strong, beautiful, and yes, she does smile a lot too. <laughs> and I can see audience falling in love with her sense of urgency and bold courage. Samuel Jackson shines as a straight shooter Nick Fury we all love, but in this prequel he brings a mix of charm and comedy that is reminiscent of the Phase 1 MCU movies. The movie is solid, but it's not perfect. The motivations of the villainous characters are somewhat flawed, and how the narrative develops are too convenient, but it still works because it's a movie where it's okay to not take it so seriously. I'm also surprised how stoic Brie Larson acts throughout most of the movie, but it may take a second viewing to understand that it was purposeful and majestic for the Oscar winner to do so. Perhaps I was just expecting more from an actress of her caliber. 
the movie falls in the middle of MCU films. It's not Black Panther or Winter Soldier great, but to me, it's closer to Ant-Man or Doctor Strange surprisingly very good. Captain Marvel is a fun ride for the Marvel enthusiasts and serves as a good entry point for the newbie. A bit generic story with occasionally bad CGI, but it works because of the dialogue, strong supporting cast, and a charm that is founded on the heart of its main character. A solid 8 out of 10. Nice. Awesome. All right, so I guess I'll go now. Before before I say mine, um, so I actually wrote my original review uh, the the day after I saw it, so Friday. Um, but then I was actually talking to one of my coworkers about it. The original score I gave it was actually an eight point five. Uh, but then I was talking to one of my coworkers, and she was like, "Oh, how come like you didn't give it a higher rating?" And so then I started thinking about it more. Um, and so I've come to this conclusion. So I'll give I'll give you guys this is my actual review of it. Whoops. Captain Marvel has done something to me that no other Marvel film or character has done since Iron Man 1. As someone who values characters more than any other factor in filmmaking, Captain Marvel is a very special film for me. The score is weaker compared to previous MCU films. It isn't as exciting as previous MCU films. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if some people actually got bored. But what it does is give us a super inspirational performance by Brie Larson as Carol Danvers. The only other time I've fallen in love with a character so quickly is Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, oh, excuse me, in Iron Man 1. Steve Rogers, aka Captain America, is without a doubt my favorite hero. Even he took some time to claim that title, but not because he's the most heroic, but because he's simply a good man. He's so focused on every el everyone else's well-being, and that is very inspirational to me. This review is going to be a bit biased because I see my favorite hero's ideals and values in Carol Danvers. The film focuses on failing and rising back up again. That is the central theme of the movie, and that reminded me so much of I Could Do This All Day, which is Captain America's kind of signature quote. Uh, for me, as a 22-year-old male, to walk out of the film and days later continue to say, I would like to be like Carol Danvers, I think is a big deal. We may be losing Chris Evans's cap, but my heart can begin to rest easy knowing we have another warm-hearted, kind, and inspirational hero leading the next phase of the MCU. It isn't as strong as MCU films, but for me, I don't feel like I can knock its score down because other films do certain things better. Captain Marvel's other aspects may not be as strong, but its stories, effects, and other factors are far from bad. The film critic in me wants to give it my original score of 8.5, but as someone that values characters above all, Carol Danvers and Brie Larson, in my opinion, deserve so much better. It may be a mid-tier MCU film. If it is, it just goes to show how strong the MCU library has become. But I don't see it as that. I see it as a film that gave me a new character that I can strive to be like and adore alongside Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, and Thor. I'm going higher, further, faster. For me, Captain Marvel is flying in at a 9.2 out of 10. Cool. All right, so those are our opening statements for the film. I guess let's just go right into the negatives. I didn't really have anything negative. Like, I have more positive and neutral mm -hmm. stuff. And anything that just, like, for you just did not work for the film? Well, to me, the the movie works. Yeah. Um, I guess if I were to pick negatives, mm -hmm. um, the overall story could be better. Mm -hmm. I question the motivations of mm -hmm. the villains yeah as perhaps there may have been um 
more plausible ways mm-hmm. to accomplish his goal. <laughs> I don't want to give right. away the the story. I mean, you can, well, this is a spoiler. I mean, you can talk about it if you want. Yeah. Oh, because um, I mean, we we put a spoiler warning yeah. at the start. But. Well, with regarding to the villain's attempts mm-hmm. um, for winning or solidifying oh, its right. end purpose, yeah, I thought it would have been better just to use um, Brie Larson, the character mm-hmm. herself, to accomplish that. Uh, whether there's mm-hmm. a war against um, the, the scrolls, the scrolls, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it would have been better just to defeat them mm-hmm. uh, versus trying to. Um, prevent them from getting the mm-hmm. the, li- the speed of light uh, yeah. functionality um, because at the, its current state I believe that the speed of light technology was already foregone mm-hmm. and so no one knows where it's at so I believe that the villains only attempted to open it up more yeah. by trying to look for it and uh-huh. now it went to the wrong hands but it, but for me it's okay it's like it's um it's minor mm-hmm. like you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe has always been successful because mm-hmm. it doesn't take itself too seriously so right so we can always pick and choose plot points i think in most movies mm-hmm. we'll always find the villain's motivations to be very poor mm-hmm. um you know like the dceu needs to fix their universe but mm-hmm. like, because th- those examples are even worse mm-hmm. at, at being heroic but i think uh-huh. the marvel cinematic universe does a great job at finding heroism in anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so question for you yeah. um I guess this could kind of tie into the whole negative aspect, but so Captain America 1, right? Uh Personally, I find these two somewhat similar, right? I feel like uh, Captain America 1, I feel like kind of fell at points because it was trying to set up Avengers 1, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, Do you think that this movie kind of fails a bit because it's trying to set up Endgame or no? Actually, no. do you, do you, you don't think it's like a random thing that they I, just... I, I enjoyed Captain Marvel a lot more mm-hmm. than Captain America yeah. 1 the first I mean, I'm kind of with you on that, yeah. I, I, I mm-hmm. saw it. I, I felt that uh, Captain Marvel mm-hmm. was a simpler movie, but it yeah. works better as a simple movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that even the way it's made mm-hmm. um, reminds me of a movie from the 90s. Like I, I watch it, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Lethal Weapon 3 mix mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Back to the Future. Yeah. So it has that sense of innocence. But perhaps because of just the whole um, organic look of the mm-hmm. movie, and that's why I kind of picked on the CGI in my mm-hmm. review because I actually enjoyed the earlier portions of the movie where right. they were on planet Earth, yeah. circa nineteen. I, I kind of agree with you, yeah. And that look to me was mm-hmm. wow, you know. I think um, I mean this is kind of more of a positive, but I, I think that like a lot of the the cool moments of the movie was kind of how like seeing Coulson, you know, oh, like yeah. what, like I like seeing Nick Fury yeah. younger, I think was like kind of all and that's the, more positive. But. The energy in our theater was yeah. amazing. Like, oh, it, yeah. like to see people clap and mm-hmm. um, it just kind of raises that sense of yeah. um, just joy mm-hmm. when, when you see Coulson return. Right, yeah. and, and when you see a younger version of Nick Fury, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll come back to that. Cause I think that's more of like a positive thing, okay. but, um, Oh, we're, so this, yeah, we're still discussing kind of more, negative. more negative. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I point in my review. I was maybe mm-hmm. perhaps a little um, more um, maybe harsh on Brie Larson because mm-hmm. I think she does a good job, but mm-hmm. perhaps I was expecting more from an Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. And in her acting, I just felt she was very flat. Mm-hmm. Um, but perhaps she was directed to be flat to mm-hmm. emulate that strong heroic uh, figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found sometimes that um, at times it may it was a little bit 
unbelievable perhaps mm, mm. and I, I don't know it's because maybe she she looks cute adorable like when i look mm, at her she looks yeah, cute yeah, and adorable fair. you um, mentioned to me in the movie the how she's pretty tiny you know yeah how she's, she's smaller tiny, yeah. she's not, she's not mm -hmm. muscular um not that that's necessarily necessary for um an intergalactic mm, superpower mm -hmm. being that right. doesn't really need muscles mm -hmm. um for instance you know gal gadot okay gal yeah. gadot is beautiful mm -hmm. but i think to me she sells her strength and vigor better yeah um she's older mm -hmm. you know in, in brie larson she looks um young mm -hmm. um and i think that kind of went against her to what she's trying to emulate in captain marvel but right. you know, she she throughout the movie though mm -hmm. i was able to um love the character yeah and so so i think in that way um it, it, it was it was good overall mm -hmm. because some of the more powerful moments did involve her character but then mm -hmm. i guess we'll talk about the positive later yeah there, I, I there, there, talk, there's a character that yeah. i that i felt really stole the show right right yeah yeah, she, I, she's yeah a, you mentioned she's a supporting to me. cast yeah um for me brie larson was more of a positive mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll kind of come back to brie larson later uh -huh. um to me i think borderline um i think negative but also kind of neutral i wasn't that big of a fan of the soundtrack at oh, all yeah i agree um, with you I think, and I'm like, I'm the type, like, I download all, like, the mm -hmm. Marvel soundtracks, because I love listening to them, like, mm -hmm. on my way to work, it makes me feel like an Avenger, even though I'm mm -hmm. not, but, uh, yeah, like, even, even now, like, I downloaded the Captain Marvel soundtrack, I've mm -hmm. listened to it on my way to work, I still cannot even, mm -hmm. like, if you ask me to hum the, like, the main theme right now, I could not do it, like, I just, I could, <laughs> I, I think could, I can remember a little bit. You can? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but, like, it's very strange of things, Yeah, right? like, like, I can, like, Ant-Man, even uh -huh. Ant-Man, I can remember really uh -huh. well, you know, like, so, like, I don't know, I feel like the, the soundtrack, um, and it's really not really, like, a negative it's, it's borderline negative borderline uh more mm -hmm. of a neutral but well, it, um, it wasn't memorable and it, it wasn't it, memorable it was and more like an intergalactic sound i, I feel like a song right I, I feel like some of the cool things though is like with marvel movies right like i think like thor's entrance in oh, wakanda yeah. is so cool but oh, yeah. also because like the music uh, yeah. like helps it so much you know so i feel like this movie kind of lacked a lot of uh -huh. kind of could have been i think more exciting Correct. with a stronger soundtrack like i think the part where like uh she's um, she's changing her colors. Yeah, and so like that should have been like a yeah. like a cool like -da, you yeah. know. Thing, yeah, right now but... I'm thinking of Thor Ragnarok. Like, oh, yeah, Thor all, Ragnarok. All the different yeah, songs mm -hmm. that they right. infused in that movie mm -hmm. just gave that movie so much more life. Even Guardians, you know, oh, Guardians yeah. does it really well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. James Gunn um, is good at that. So I think that would kind of be just like my big negative slash. Yeah, I guess it would be more negative. And they did the infuse movie, but... some '90s songs in there, but I, yeah, I they felt did, yeah. with a mm -hmm. period piece, yeah. they could have done more. I, yeah. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Like, like it would have been good to hear some Blind Melon or yeah, um, I don't know, <laughs> uh, Extreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to name a few songs in there. Yeah. So, so those are the, the that's kind of like the one big thing that I have like negative with the movie. Do you have anything else that you just like didn't no. like? No. So you want to move on to neutrals? Anything sure. that you thought was like just it was fine. Well, really I, I think you. it's a it's a standard, successful, mm -hmm. um, fun, and lovable MCU movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, in my opinion, the MCU can't go wrong. Right. Um, out of all the movies they've had, how many have we had now? Like twenty. This is like twenty. I mean, the only one I really didn't enjoy is Incredible Hulk, and, and that's yeah. because I I just I would fall asleep in it and, <laughs> right. and I never yeah. watch it in the movie. Yeah. Either, so, so um, but uh, mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I definitely. Was, was I definitely. Think it was a fun that... time. Yeah, I definitely think that, um, like, compared to, and it kind of goes back to kind of my review where I, I was saying that for, like, this to be, like, a mid-tier film, I think just goes to show, like, how strong mm -hmm. the library is now for the MCU. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I would put this kind of, like, it isn't, like, a Winter Soldier or Black, mm -hmm. like, I feel like a lot of those movies do certain 
things a lot better. And so I think kind of in the whole like hindsight of it, um, it's just not as strong as those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would kind of just be my neutral. Like it, it does things well, but just not like it doesn't do it amazingly well, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just what I would say about that. Um, yeah, I, I guess positives. Let's just go into positives now, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, definitely the big thing for me is I loved Captain Marvel mm-hmm. um, herself, right? Like she reminded, like as a huge fan of Captain America, like I just saw like a lot of kind of those things that I love about him and her. Mm-hmm. So like for me, she's like, I, I would not be surprised if like a few years from now, she's my favorite after yeah, Captain I can, America, maybe. And I think it's dies, been alluded but, to by Kevin Feige. And right. That she'll be the, the new like leader yeah that um you know Mm -hmm. she's going to inherit the next phase right uh, which i think is a smart movie i mean she is Mm -hmm. an oscar winner yeah um, so there is some acting chops there that i think Mm -hmm. needs to be respected yeah Uh, and i think this character has a lot of potential where it can go it opens the marvel cinematic universe into more of the intergalactic realm Mm -hmm. uh, which some of the movie felt to me like it was star wars star trek Mm, so it really um broadens the universe Mm -hmm. ever so much more than um well, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy did that. Yeah. Thor did that too. But but I think this kind of brings in, you know, connects Earth to the mm-hmm. rest of the universe. Right. And so I, I love that. Um, I think I think what's cool with Captain Marvel is that I feel like with Captain America, right, who's like the, the big leader, right? And even Iron Man, right? They're the kind of the two big ones. Mm-hmm. They, they were kind of very limited to Earth, right? So you had to really kind of limit those stories and those characters just Earth-based. Whereas I feel like with Captain Marvel now, right, she could be in an Avengers movie, like lead a new Avengers in like Avengers five or six, right? Mm-hmm. But like it would be also cool if like, hey, let's just give her a little role in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like she could like she's that character that could just pop up wherever they wanted her to. Exactly. Which I think is really cool and kind of gives them more freedom yeah. uh going forward. So mm-hmm. I did want to point out the uh noir style of storytelling. I, mm-hmm. in my review I mentioned that it kind of took a liken to a Zack Snyder storytelling, yeah, yeah. which has positive aspects to mm-hmm. it. And so the positive aspect of it is I love how the movie just draws you in. Like it yeah. starts in an interesting fashion. Right, yeah. Um, and so I, I don't want to give it too mm-hmm. much away, but but it doesn't start at the back end. Like mm-hmm. it kind of starts somewhere in the middle, which yeah. to me was, was interesting. Yeah. And um, I feel that in this movie, similar to Man of Steel, mm-hmm. uh, which I enjoyed, mm-hmm. the flashbacks uh, worked. Yeah, um, I think so too. And to make it more interesting. Um, and so I love that part of it and how mm-hmm. it's pieced together. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the end, mm-hmm. for me, when it all connects, it, it has a greater impact mm-hmm. to um, the courage and boldness that Captain Marvel, um, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, is supposed mm-hmm. to emulate. Um, of right. One of power and mm-hmm. um authentic uh compassion yeah and hope you know so and i love the whole theme of like whenever you fail you know you just get back up yes you know and i love how those elements mm-hmm. were, were brought in in and out and it's yeah and you find it in, in not only her but mm-hmm. in other characters too right yeah you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one other thing one other thing before i forget um mm-hmm. that i really want to talk about is i love how um it has nothing really to do with the movie itself but i love the tribute for stan lee oh 
was that so was good. What was it? It wasn't expected at all. Yeah. But um, I think everyone in that audience wanted to stand yeah. for that introduction. Right, yeah. And, um, and it made me a bit teary eyed. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm starting to cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm starting to get teary eyed too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it came like at a very unexpected moment too. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't want to kind of say how they do it because uh-huh. I think like it, it, it makes it more meaningful if you see it and you're like, whoa, because yeah. I wasn't expecting them to do it and like that. I wasn't that. expecting it either. I thought it was just going to be like a thing at the end of the credits, like, yeah. Yeah. in loving memory of stan lee or yeah. something but um yeah, it was, yeah that it was, really, was a big really wow good. moment yeah. you know for yeah. that for that movie mm-hmm. experience yeah for sure uh so there's a character that you really liked right oh, yeah. that you want to talk about yeah um yeah. actually in my opinion the character mm-hmm. uh maria rumbo who's yeah. played by lashana lynch mm-hmm. Um, was powerful. I and think that's, that's she, her I, friend, I, right? Carol yes, Danvers that's that's best friend, Carol yeah. Danvers' best friend. Mm-hmm. And I think her dynamic mm-hmm. with her daughter, yeah, her daughter, yeah, yeah. was very powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a scene where she's in conversation um, with Carol Danvers, mm-hmm. and that scene steals the show for me. Uh, I, I, I think it even brought me to a little bit of, of a teary eye mm-hmm. moment. But I, you know, that character I think has mm-hmm. a lot of potential, and I don't yeah. know. Do you know anything about the comics? I mean, is is this Maria Rambo even a comic book character? So I am actually not as familiar with mm-hmm. Captain with Carol Danvers from the comics, so mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. I just kind of started picking up uh, Captain Marvel comics recently mm-hmm. and started reading them mm-hmm. in the comic that um or in the we read six issues for mm-hmm. the uh, comic review that which you guys will hear in a moment. Uh, we I don't think I saw that character mm-hmm. in the six issues that I was reading. Okay. So Well, I did a little Google search, actually. Oh, uh-huh. And so there is potential for that character to be something else and something okay. even more heroic. So mm-hmm. so I'm glad that there is a powerful actress to, yeah. to have that part. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that they're perhaps strategically making her mm-hmm. a part of something bigger. I love, I love that in this movie that they did not um, give Carol Danvers a romantic interest. Mm-hmm. I love how kind of the, the main... Um, relationships in these movies are just they're just friendly mm-hmm. right like with her obviously and her best friend and then the daughter i think that kind of um just having them as like best friends mm-hmm. and having the relationship like i think the daughter is the one that i really enjoyed from mm-hmm. the film just because i thought those moments were like really sweet like i love sure. i love the part where like she's changing the colors and stuff mm-hmm. uh like for the costume i thought that was really great um but i also really love uh Carol Danvers um relationship with Nick Fury. Oh, yeah. I thought so like I want to I want to talk about uh Nick Fury for a bit cuz uh, I think I think Nick Fury steals the show too. Yeah, I think he I I love that they kind of really made this an origin story for the mm-hmm. Avengers in a way, right? Cuz I cuz I didn't realize that that was going to happen, you know? Like that they were going to set up kind of a lot of the the themes from Avengers 1, right? Like when he gets the when he figures out the name Avengers Initiative. Yes. Like I had no idea that would actually that be a part awesome. of it. I How thought that it was really ties cool. All that yeah. Um, and I think it goes like one of the like big positives I love about this movie is how it connects mm-hmm. like to the wider MCU, right? Like yeah. having Coulson uh-huh. like was was so great. The Tesseract was uh-huh. something I was not expecting them to show, uh-huh. you know. Um, even like like I don't know if you heard me, but like when you see the Tesseract for the first time in uh-huh. the film, I was kind of like, wait a second. Like I was like, wait, is that is that the Tesseract? And then sure uh-huh. enough, one of them says it. And I was like, no way, that's Correct. so cool, right? Even uh, Ronan, like having Ronan as mm-hmm. you know a villain in this film and, was interesting. And I think what's amazing with it, even though it throws in a lot of Easter eggs, mm-hmm. I think someone who's never seen any of the movies right. can go right in, right? And perhaps even watch that mm-hmm. as the very first movie. 
Yeah, I so, agree. So yeah. that's that's what makes that work. You see, mm-hmm. what made uh, a, a movie like Batman vs. Mm-hmm. Superman fail right, yeah. is because there were a lot of Easter eggs thrown in, mm-hmm. but it was confusing how it was handled. Mm-hmm. It was performed mid-state of a, of a bigger story, mm-hmm. but it, it had made no connection that makes the heart grow fond of it. Right. Whereas I think in Captain Marvel, the way it introduces certain mm-hmm. things is... Um, for the ones that have seen the previous movies, they enjoy it, yeah. they cherish it, but for someone that's never seen it before, it still works. And what I like too about this now is that like I feel like if you go from Iron Man 1 is obviously, I still think Iron the, Man 1 is like one of the best oh yeah, MCU definitely. films. But what's that's cool about this, for me. what's cool about this is I feel like you can watch Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and then if you want, instead of going to Endgame, yeah, just go, go right Man. back to Iron Man yeah. 1 and then it, I, it all works, it all you works, know? Because yeah. then, then Nick Fury comes at the end credits and he's like, Correct. here to talk to you about the uh-huh. Avengers Initiative and it's like oh no way like that's uh-huh. so cool you know uh-huh. um, so yeah I just I love how like just everything kind of just connects together and yeah um, and I, I, I think the reason why this works better from than Captain America for mm-hmm. me is it's the simplicity of it right I think yeah. there's a sense of innocence mm-hmm. in the movie that is just fun right um, kind of I, I like the 90s elements of the storytelling mm-hmm. were um, that's why like I said I like the organic look of it mm-hmm. I think when it went more CGI Towards yeah. the end, that, that to me is kind of lost like, you a little well, bit. It, yeah, it, it, it didn't lose mm-hmm. me, but then yeah, it yeah. kind of lost what made it very unique mm-hmm. for me. I definitely, I definitely think that one of the worries for me, um, kind of going forward now, is uh, obviously she's very powerful, right? Like they've said um, in interviews that she's going to be like more powerful than Thor and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so I think what needs to happen now is uh for me i think they did a really good job um in this movie even though she gets like really op towards the end i feel like because of the fact that she kind of isn't in touch with her powers at the start mm-hmm. um it makes you feel like even though when she is um pretty powerful at the end like for me i still felt like she was a human first mm-hmm. if that makes sense where i i kind of feel like man of steel like didn't really have that effect on me like i always just looked at superman as like a god you know mm-hmm. like I, I i always thought like oh he's just someone that's like unmatched that like i can never be like whereas i feel like with this they did a really good job of like hey here's this powerful character but she's vulnerable right mm-hmm. and they make it obviously they show that right with the whole like failing and coming back up again so because of that i feel like she's very relatable as a character you know mm-hmm. um Whereas I feel like with someone like Captain America, like anyone could, like if you wanted to be Captain America, you just go to the gym, you work out, you could easily become somebody like that. Whereas I feel like with with Carol Danvers, like there's no way you're going to be able to be like her, but I feel like they make it so you think that you can, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Because like they they show her, they show that human side of her throughout like most of the movies. So even when she is really powerful at the end, I, f- I feel like she still comes across as a human first, you know? I, I do have a question, because mm-hmm. this was, not that it was bothering me, but uh-huh. in my opinion, I don't think the movie sold itself as Captain Marvel being more powerful than Thor. Like, I agree, uh, actually. You agree with that? I like, agree with that. Like, I find when, when I saw... that, is this the girl that's going to save the, the MCU? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, I was kind of surprised when they when they said, like, oh, she's going to be the most powerful hero. I'm like, oh, this is going to be crazy. She's going to do all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? But I, I, I feel like... Um, I think something important to note is that there's going to be a 20-year gap, mm-hmm. right? Or even more than 20 years between Captain Marvel and Endgame. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like through time, she probably is 
obviously a lot stronger, but I feel like just showing her off here, yeah, I did not get that sense of like, oh, she's gonna defeat Thanos for us and we're gonna be great, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. They, did, they didn't really sell her off as like this really powerful mm -hmm. like, Yeah, Thor. actually the yeah. way the story came to be mm -hmm. is like I didn't expect um, her utilization in that sense of the movie. I, I, I felt it was simplistic. Yeah. I mean, it works. Mm -hmm. I was expecting something more grand in Captain Marvel where, right. where perhaps um, you would have seen a Doctor Strange go back and, in time and discuss things. Yeah, like I agree. Like, like something more magnificent where now um, certain characters would be made mm -hmm. aware of what will happen. Because, for instance, yeah. just throwing this out there, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so Nick Fury uses the page, right? Right, the page. But then yeah. why didn't he use that in previous movies? Right, that, yeah. that perhaps, you know, first alien invasion on Earth, you know, I mean, maybe... Well, I think I think maybe because maybe he found other heroes that he felt that yeah, he didn't need yeah, her anymore, I can see that. maybe. Yeah. But, um, like, I, like I, if I was Nick Fury and aliens were coming, uh -huh. like, she would have been the first person Correct. I would have contacted, yeah. you know? Um, like, it would have been cool if someone planted something earlier on. Or on, in that movie, for right. instance, where, where it shows that her power is unique to defeating mm -hmm. something so powerful like mm -hmm. a Thanos with access to these stones. Right. But for me, she, I mean, her power, she I just think, zaps people. <laughs> yeah, I think so, I, I think what, what needed to happen, I think, in this movie that did not happen is mm -hmm. I feel like... Um, well, I guess the end credit scene kind of let's let's talk about the end credit scene very okay. quick because my because my thing is kind of connected to that. So in the end credit scene, um, and again, spoilers if you know you made it this far, you don't want to know the end credit scene. Uh, there is a spoiler warning at the start of this, but uh, the end credit scene is obviously it looks like a clip from Endgame, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the Avengers, uh, they're at their facility, they have the pager that Nick Fury had at the end of end or at the end of Infinity War, excuse me, um, and it it stops working right and so they're like oh like what's going on black widow turns around and captain marvel's right there and she's like where's free witch by the way i thought that scene how they did that was so incredible yeah right and like the way they cut it off like she's just there and then it, it, it just ends. goes away and i, I thought that, i thought that was brilliant yeah. um and i love how she, but, how she calls him fury, <laughs> fury yeah, that yeah. was that was played throughout the whole right, right yeah i thought thing. i thought that was uh very interesting but um what i think needed to happen uh in in this, do do you think that in in Captain Marvel that they kind of set up like Endgame as well as they could have in in this, if that makes sense? Or because I feel like you watch Ant Man and the Wasp, uh -huh. right? Which um, and I I kind of feel like you like I, the minute I, yeah. the end credit scene starts, yeah. I feel like like it just gives you like a oh shoot, and then yeah. Ant Man's in the quantum realm, and so I feel like that leaves people like oh man like what is ant-man gonna do and then you yeah. see him in the trailer for endgame yeah. and you're like oh ant-man's there right yeah but, like do you think if they were to show an endgame trailer right now and captain marvel's there do you think people would get as excited for it or no maybe not in my that, that's that's what I, that's yeah, what because, I'm thinking, because yeah. like, that's why i said like I right think, i think that she no, needed to have like uh -huh. some epic moment i yes. think when she had those powers yeah um, well, towards for, the well, end, for me, it was like a doesn't... cop out because it was like the pager. Okay, she, yeah, and she comes. Right, like what I was expecting. For mm -hmm. instance, if they were going to be more creative about it, mm -hmm. is perhaps in the movie itself or in the end credit. Mm -hmm. Is let's say you know when she leaves intergalactically, right. and then somehow she meets like Ant Man in some sort of right. intergalactic realm. Yeah, because, because she can kind of go back in in time through her whatever right. power she has. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? And I think that would have had more meaning. Because now, mm -hmm. okay, so she comes back. So that that suggests mm -hmm. she's only just been missing for all these right twenty years now. And they didn't it, really explain why she didn't come back. Well, either and right. Also, if so, this thing was an intergalactic destruction, right? Right. Like she should know about it. 
She should know. Yeah, the she, second she, she should, it happens, well, she should yeah. know something's up in the universe, right? So, but she comes as if like I'm here for Fury. What what's going on? Dude, the whole universe. Yeah, is like freaking, the whole universe is freaking is out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, um, uh, you know what I mean? Like, right, like, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just surprised that in 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 this universe, like which probably has extra characters already, mm-hmm. like you know she she would be busier recruiting powerful beings to try to stop the Thanos, but they, you know, but she goes to yeah. her, which which is fine, but like that's why I felt like it needed something more grand, right? She needed, I think, and I think this kind of ties back to the whole soundtrack mm-hmm. thing, right? I kind of feel like she needed a scene. I don't know, probably towards the end, but I she needed something I think like uh, Thor arriving in Wakanda type moment. I think in yeah. the movie she needed something that, and this has not, like this isn't against like Brie Larson's acting or anything. This is more like towards the writing. Uh-huh. They needed a scene with her that goes like, "Oh dang, yeah, she's a badass." You yeah, know? like that th- they needed that, and Correct. they just did not yeah. have something like that. Yeah. See, I'm um, not familiar with the Captain Marvel character. Like, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with all her powers. Right. Um, I just feel like one of the things that could stop Thanos is some, someone that would telepathy or, or someone that can right. control the mind. Like Scarlet Witch or something. Um, yeah, which yeah. Is, and actually, mm-hmm. I think original storylines had Scarlet Witch a lot more powerful. I think yeah. that was one of the mm-hmm. controversies, whether it's a rumor or not. But I hear, you know, Scarlet Witch is upset that she's not yeah, being Yeah, I've been hearing you that, heard that too, so, yeah. So, yeah, she's uh, upset and, with Brie Larson yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. that, is that true? Or? I mean, I just I've just heard rumors. Yeah. I don't know how, how much yeah. truth there is to that. Yeah. But I, you know, yeah. I haven't seen Endgame yet. But mm-hmm. I just hope that it's not. It doesn't become a story of like really that. That's it. Like you know, because it's such a big right. epic thing that mm-hmm. I want it to end like in a very unique mm-hmm. fashion. But you know, the, the Russo brothers have never failed me yet. The, the biggest worry that I have, right? And, and I've mentioned this. I mean, you you've heard it recently that I, I mean, I love Captain Marvel. Right? I love her as a character. Mm-hmm. Like I won't be surprised if years down she's my new favorite right Mm -hmm. but for me what's important is that um for me like like you had star wars growing up right yeah i kind of had the mcu and so for me like your like your luke my luke han and leia are captain america iron man and thor right and so for me like what worries me about endgame moving forward right is is captain marvel just going to come in and and beat everybody because for me this has to be about concluding the stories of the original six right Right. so i think that's kind of something that they have to balance out like kind of going forward is like how how much do we utilize captain marvel who is just supposed to be like really powerful being right Um, but also how do we make it so we conclude these stories well and kind of send these originals i I believe it's not i don't think it's going to be a cop-out yeah the marvel cinematic universe has always surprise me mm-hmm. like the way they execute is always yeah. better than what i've what i would have ever thought mm-hmm. um, i've shared with you personally what i think will be very dramatic is that yeah. you know these avengers mm-hmm. if they end up all dying the original right. cast in Endgame, mm-hmm. because they avenged the universe yeah. i think that would be very powerful and then they pass the baton mm-hmm. you know to the new guys like spider-man and captain marvel right. i think that would have some emotional gravitas into mm-hmm. it like that you know in you know in comic books they, no one ever stays dead but like right. if they die mm-hmm. for the movie or suggest that they may be dead mm-hmm. uh, i think that would be powerful yeah you know um and then then they will live on the name avengers mm-hmm. so let's see if my theory is correct because uh, yeah. then uh because kevin feige could have been playing with the Avengers name as mm-hmm. the, to literally avenge the universe. You know? Right. I yeah. That would be a, a cool thing. But, but before we move on, cause we kind of started talking a bit about more end game and the MCU as a whole. I do want to kind of, cause I do have some theories based mm-hmm. on what we've seen and everything that I want to talk about, but I feel like we have to talk about goose, the cat. Oh, yeah. Cause we haven't mentioned oh, him yet. We haven't mentioned him. I, uh, I think 
having that cat in the film was like what a, it, what a, what a show what a, stealer. Yeah, like it was it was what it was a, so brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think it's, having it goes out. It goes. It comes from nowhere. Too. It comes from nowhere, yeah. which I think makes it even. <laughs> Like more hilarious, yeah. but yeah. I I love the let, let, let's not reveal to the audience though like what he does though like about oh yeah, <laughs> yeah okay 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 yeah. that... we, we will... there's a very yeah. funny it's moment better they don't know about that yeah the, the, the yeah the, the cat and I didn't realize how much of a role the cat would have too because uh-huh. you don't really see him that much in trailers no. for the film like you see like you see that I don't shot... even know where he comes from right he just gotta he just, <laughs> gotta just shows up well that's why I said in my in my review you... like, things were convenient like right. okay so he's just there but okay, yeah whatever. but um <laughs> yeah it was it, it was definitely a show stealer for sure like anything the cat did. Just like you could just hear the audience, like everyone, yeah. everyone loved the cat, you yeah. know. Uh, I, I mean, would you liken him to the C three PO of this movie? Was or it? Not, not, no, the R two D two. Well, I mean, mean kind of is annoying. He kind of <laughs> is the R two D two, or like the BB eight, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah, like uh-huh. yeah, definitely, definitely adorable, definitely a show stealer for uh-huh. sure. Um, and yeah, he, I think Goose definitely has like a lot of the best, a lot of the funniest moments, I should say, sure. in the film. Uh, but yeah, I think we should just talk about that a little bit just to kind of throw that out yeah. there but is there anything else you want to talk about with captain marvel specifically before we kind of more kind of talk about end game and anything else well i just want to tag with what you said uh-huh. earlier like um see when i saw iron man it was so powerful and, mm-hmm. and you know and unique too well, it was kind of the first and you, like, and you know iron man was a game changer yeah right and so it ushered in these 20 mm-hmm. movies that we now appreciate mm-hmm. it's like it's like the, the revolution of cbms is mm-hmm. made possible because of that yeah. one movie so i don't think captain marvel is as strong as that like right. I'm, I'm not sure we're ready mm-hmm. for that ushering in yet so yeah. but i i think perhaps spider-man may have more of the capacity to do that mm-hmm. you know uh, but anyway i just wanted to tag yeah. that in but, but right. um so in other words if they tie brie larson aka captain marvel mm-hmm. into endgame if she's going to become the next leader yeah to be embraced by millions and millions and millions mm-hmm. and millions, I think it needs to be something more grand, and yeah. and, and I hope that the story is not generic. Mm-hmm. But like I said earlier, like I, I trust well, the MCU, mm-hmm. I, I trust what they've produced, and I, and I think they're gonna blow our minds. I think I think one of the cool things too is knowing, uh, like if you look at Captain America one and Thor one, like I think like looking at Winter Soldier and Civil War for Captain America, mm-hmm. and then Thor Ragnarok for Thor, like yeah. these franchises, like. They can just get better, yeah. you know. Like, it, rarely do we You're see. Right. I think like a franchise kind of in the MCU kind yeah. of just go down. Correct. Like I can and just I think see that's, that's strategic, right? Yeah. Um. And so I, I I won't be surprised if yeah like if if when they make a sequel, it'll um, be better. It, it'll be a lot better. Uh, one thing I wanna um before we wrap up Captain Marvel talk right uh obviously you have the original six Avengers right now we have uh. We have Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Ant Man, Wasp, Spider Man. Mm. You you think we're? I think we're set for like the, Aven- the, yeah. next, the next the next Avengers. whatever it, it's gonna be the next phase, right? I think that's a, that's a solid. How many characters is that you counted? I counted six right there. Nice. Yeah, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Ant Man, Wasp, Spider Man. Interesting. Yeah, that's a strong team right there. You know, if they wow. decided to move forward with those six. Uh huh. Um, plus, you have the Guardians up. In space too, you know. Yeah. But and then obviously X Men, Fantastic Four. And actually, Four. all those characters were one time Avengers members. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think the MC uh, the Avengers franchise is in good hands if you oh, grab those six definitely. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so let's kind of go more towards Avengers Endgame talk because there's something big that I noticed that I want to talk to you about. I don't know if you caught it, right? In the uh, end credit. In the end credit scene. Okay. Right. So in a lot of the trailers we see 
of Avengers Endgame, right? I think the big thing that I noticed, maybe because I'm just a huge Captain America fan, but he's clean-shaven, right? Who? Captain America, Steve okay. Rogers, right? Okay. He has no beard, nothing, right? But okay. in this end credit scene for um, Captain Marvel, uh-huh. um, which looks like is a scene from Endgame, okay. he still has the full beard. Well, I, I thought he had the right? full beard in... Um... Civil, and in, in uh, the trailer, in the trailers for Endgame, oh, the trailers. he's he's clean, oh, right? Okay. So this makes me believe that actually, in a lot of the trailers we've seen, mm-hmm. I I'm willing to bet Captain Marvel's there already, right? As I think that's kind of a fair well, thing to make. I, well, the end credits right? appears to have occurred just like after, right after, right after, right? I, so I think I think a lot of people were like speculating maybe Captain Marvel comes back and she runs into Tony Stark and grabs him or something, or like maybe she comes in later and like. Well, based on right, theories, and right. I know people have mm-hmm. researched it. Yeah, it, it looks like what's going to happen in Endgame. Mm-hmm. There's like there's a lot of years mm, that's right. occurring because it, it appears. That either, um, but, like, but the, like, yeah. like either Tony Stark has a daughter mm-hmm. or something, right. you know, like from that girl from uh, mm-hmm. the Thirteen Reasons One, yeah. like she's a character. Um, and but I think that's interesting, right? Because I do think that there is going to be a time gap, right? But from based on the end, I credit think believably scene, it should. Yeah, but based on the end credit scene in uh, Captain Marvel, it looks like she's there right as Infinity War Correct. ends, right? So she'll have so a lot clearly, more time to plan. Clearly, there's going to be a lot of she. She's actually probably going to be in there a lot more, I oh, think, yeah. than we were expecting. Because I was kind of maybe expecting True. her to show up oh, later yeah. on, but like it, it appears now oh, that yeah. I, she's I, like w- one thing I was thinking about. Um, like it, I, I could see it being like an Infinity War, right? The the way it kind of starts is you have Hulk, you know, crashing in a Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. right? And then um, and then he's like, oh, Thanos is coming. Doctor Strange's like, wait, what? And then it just pops the logo, right? Like uh-huh. I could see like like what if um, it starts that way. What if it starts off with this end credit scene, and instead of like where's Fury, and it's like Captain Marvel will return. What if it's like where's Fury, Avengers Endgame? You know, mm-hmm. like I could see that being literally like the first scene mm. in the fi- or like the first few scenes. You know. Well, here's what I think can happen. Uh-huh. Um, I think since she's intergalactic, right. she can be the person to help rally, uh, like you know, mm-hmm. you know, the Iron Man character. Yeah, he's still stuck in space. He's in space. So yeah, he, she would have to rally them and perhaps maybe mm-hmm. have a, a team of intergalactic superheroes. Right. Possibly. I don't know, but yeah. It's probably not the way so, it's gonna I mean, go. I mean, so so who do you think is gonna rescue Tony? Then well, do you think it's still? Well, do you think she's still? She may be involved. A candidate, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's gonna require a whole team, and mm-hmm. I think it's gonna require um, Tony Stark. I mean, yeah. even the Doctor Strange character in the. Uh, I mean, he knew right. Like Doctor Strange knew Infinity what War. had to happen. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that he had to remain alive. Right. You know. Yeah. So he'll be. Yeah, I think he needs to be I think important. Tony Stark will be an important aspect, or mm-hmm. or his lineage, right? Whether or not it's the daughter. You mm-hmm. know. Do you do you think Pepper could rescue him? I mean, we've seen like rumors, right, of her oh, no, getting. I didn't hear oh, about oh her so rumors. yeah, because in the comics, she um, is a character called Rescue, uh-huh. and she has her own Iron Man suit, and and um, I mean, obviously, her oh, thing sweet. is Rescue. But then pe- people are uh, speculating because Tony Stark uses the word Rescue in like his fray in his um, when he's sending a message to her in the first trailer. Oh, nice. He says the word like um, like like I don't think sign of rescue is or something of rescue is is not coming or something like that. Oh, um, cool. Um, so yeah, people are speculating that maybe she could save him. Right? I know okay. Rocket is also probably. Uh, a fair candidate because he might be looking for the guardian ship, you uh-huh. know, and he's on the guardian ship. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there are a few options there, but. Well, thinking about the Captain Marvel power, uh huh. 
there may be a, something in her power that allows her to go into where um, Ant Man is. The quantum realm. Yeah, the quantum yeah. realm. Mm-hmm. Like she could enter there. And right. I think with her powers, she, mm. she may be able to bend time. Right. And I mean, they can go that route as mm-hmm. well. And that would make that interesting because she really didn't use that power yeah. in this movie. So do you think that obviously like when she, she's been gone for like 20 something mm-hmm. years, right? Yeah, they need to explain do that. You, and she still do you looks think, the same. <laughs> right. Yeah. So clearly, uh-huh. clearly it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to help out the scrolls, right? And I'm going to come back to her. Like clearly she's been doing something and she does, she hasn't aged, right? Huh. So okay. I mean- Something else must have happened to her that we don't know Ooh. about, right? Yeah. So maybe that's why she will be in the movie so early on because they need time to like explain what she's been doing, you know. Um, yeah. And, and I'm sure it, the it Avengers makes you wonder why she hasn't aged, right? And I'm sure the Avengers will have questions for her also when she arrives. Um, yeah. And she'll, that's probably when she'll explain what's been happening. But yeah, because yeah, the pager we'll is definitely specific to. Mm what happened in the Captain Marvel movie. Right. So there was no um, scenario where that page was specific to what was going to happen 20 years later. So, okay. You know what I mean? So it was just like, it, it was a convenient mm-hmm. placement of the storytelling where, yeah. you know, I, I'll need you one day. And then she comes back when the right. universe is falling apart, um, which so, you should know about. <laughs> so, so, I, so I have a theory that I wanted to talk to you about, mm-hmm. right? We know that Ant-Man's in the quantum realm. Right, we know about that, right? And we know Captain Marvel has been gone for all these years, right? We don't know why, but we know she hasn't aged, right? Okay. Uh, so what do you think? We know that Ant-Man, I think it's fair to say that one way that Ant-Man can get out, right? And if you've seen theories, you kind of know that a way is to go out through a time vortex, right? Yeah. That'll obviously put him in some different time. W- what do Ooh. you think? What do you think of maybe Ant-Man being Scott Lang? Uh-huh. Um, maybe has met Captain Marvel in that gap that we just don't know about. That would be great. I think that would be like super well, cool yeah, if they could well, pull well, something that like that cool off. If, if your theory is correct, because that right. would be something brilliant that we would think of. Right. Totally, yeah. Like maybe you're smart man. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was we have this this twenty year gap we uh-huh. don't know about. Right. We have no idea what she's been up to. Ant Man could easily just pop in, you know, um, yeah. accidentally into one of those times. Um, and then obviously, like, with her help, he'd be able to find a way back. But I think that'd be, like, super interesting if maybe there's, like, a flashback and we realize, oh, Ant-Man has met Captain Marvel, wow. like, way before and we didn't even know, that'd you know? Cool. I think that'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stranger Things have happened, I think it's fair to say. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think Stranger that'd be really things. cool. Stranger Things. <laughs> I love that show. We'll, we'll, we'll have to get you back on when we review season three or oh, yeah. four or whatever it is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of all I have, I think. Yeah. Anything anything you want to... I guess we'll just kind of just wrap things no, up now. yeah, this was fun. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. so you want to... Please invite me for... I'm actually a big DC fan. Yeah. So th- yeah, we'll get you yeah. for Shazam. Yeah. We'll get you on or something, yeah. yeah. Or Joker. I, I need something to be happy about. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's just, uh, so just kind of remind people what our scores was. So yeah. I give it a 9.2 out of 10. Yeah, I give, give it an it? eight out of ten, but my uh-huh. eight out of ten is strong. Yeah, you know that's under the mm-hmm. um, idea that yeah. like a Suicide Squad would be like a five out of ten, mm-hmm. and a Man of Steel. And I, would be I like, think I think I'm a little bit biased just because like you know I'm a huge Captain America fan. I, I feel like their their ideals and values are pretty similar. So I think yeah, for me I'm a little bit biased because I see uh, Captain America in Captain Marvel, but. 
Uh, so that's yeah. Those are our reviews. We hope you had a great time. Awesome. Go check out the movie if you haven't. It's really good. Great movie. Yeah, and then yeah, go check out. Uh, I think we're supposed to be getting an Endgame trailer soon. Really? So, oh, actually, yeah. Let's talk about that. You think Captain Marvel is going to have a part to play in the next trailer? I'm guessing. Yeah. I would think so. They, I feel like they would have to show I mean, her off should. there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best way to go. But yeah, so keep an eye out for the Endgame trailer. Go check out Captain Marvel. Uh, and thanks for hanging out. Uh, Shazam. Just, <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna take it back to you, Josh, and we're gonna review the uh, Captain Marvel comic. So get ready Say for that. Ya. <laughs> All right, guys. So obviously, this is whole episode is dedicated to Miss Carol Danvers, and we have a Captain Marvel comic to review. Actually, I guess a few comics. Technically, we've read like six, right? So yeah, we're gonna be reviewing those for you guys, or at least giving you guys our thoughts. Uh, to be honest, I have no idea what I just read. Um, I'm really confused. <laughs> I gotta say, um, I read this online, and uh-huh. there were some comments below, you know, like the link. Yeah. And some people were like, "This is like the best story ever," and I was like, "Okay, this this is gonna be good." And then I read it, and I was like, "What are they talking about?" Yeah, I'm I'm really confused, and this is coming from a Marvel guy. And I have no idea what's happening. It's like the um, first issue; it felt like everything was like going fine. Right. And then, like, the second issue, it was like, okay, we're going somewhere. And then by issue three, I was lost. Yeah, and we like, read one through six. Yeah, so she starts up teaming with uh, Captain America, right? Which I gotta say was really cool for me. Because, like, I love Captain America and mm-hmm. I love Captain Marvel. So it's like... Well, let's oh, tell them what we're like, reviewing. What was that? What is, the, oh, what is yeah, this yeah. called? So this is Captain Marvel, Earth's Mightiest Hero, Volume 1. And from 2012. Yeah. From two th- yeah, that's right. I forgot to look up the date. Uh, yeah, and then... So yeah, she starts off fighting with Captain Marvel in... Or, pre- er, Captain Marvel. She teams up with Captain America, excuse me, in present day. Um, and they, they didn't lose me yet. Uh, I was like, okay, cool. A fight scene with two of my favorite superheroes. And then it keeps going, and then she just times travels. And then she's with, like, some group of strangers and then i had no that's when it lost me and then she like time travels again and she's like with one of her old mentors who then time travels with her again to see her origin story where she meets captain marvell yeah and like then she time travels again honestly i feel like this makes a lot more sense um after i had i I, so i've seen the movie now obviously right oh because you've heard my review but i started reading this before the movie i feel like a lot of this makes more sense um after i've seen the movie i kind of want to because now like i feel like i feel like some of it's starting to make sense because i feel like the movie tackles similar things but but here's the thing the comic came out in 2012 i know the movie's in 2019 so when it came out did people understand it i mean i wouldn't have (laughs) so yeah to be honest with you but now maybe reading captain marvel comics going no because then even that was only a small part of the story was captain marvel the guy, yeah. right? Well, Carol Danvers starts as Miss Marvel, so maybe okay. there's like so maybe that a Miss Marvel comic first, because we the first issue is about what, like her taking the name Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. So because Captain Marvel is dead, right? So there's yeah, there's probably something we're just missing here. Um, I'm not super familiar <laughs> with Captain Marvel, if I'm being totally honest with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest negative is that. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I think the pot. Okay, well, let me talk. Let's talk negatives first. Okay. Um, another big negative that's for negative, me but... was 
they did the typical um what i think is the wrong way to use a female character and pretty much everything she did was she was like yeah i'm cool even though i'm a girl instead of just being yeah i'm cool and she happens to be a girl got it especially like in the first fight it was all like yeah even though i'm a girl i can do this which i think is kind of weird instead of just saying i can do this oh yeah and i am a girl because it's like heavily playing on the fact that she's a girl even though she's cool especially i mean for me like that doesn't really bother me but i think that's just kind of different case but like Mm -hmm. i mean going back to your point like the part where she's teaming up with that squad of all women Mm -hmm. you know i think that also kind of like ties into play but Mm -hmm. and that was like one of my no like i said i haven't seen captain marvel Mm -hmm. and to be honest i don't plan to but i already stated all that stuff Mm -hmm. when i went to see wonder woman that was one of my worries going in back then mm-hmm. was that it was going to be too much of I can do this even though I'm a girl or I'm a girl. Look at me. It was just a superhero movie and the hero happened to be a girl. And I, I like that where they're not trying to focus on the fact that she's a girl because it, it doesn't matter that she's a girl. It's just she's awesome. And that's what matters. And I felt like this was too much focusing on the fact that she's a girl mm-hmm. instead of just showing how awesome she is. And the fact that she's a girl will just come out of it. That was one of my negatives. The constant time travel without making much sense and the um, lack of cohesion was another negative that we both shared I think there. That's my big negative, to be honest yeah. with you. That, that's, I think, my, my one sole negative is just I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And then another negative, and I, this is very, very subjective because mm-hmm. some people like this type of stuff. Some people don't. And it all depends on your taste and it's the art style. I did not like this art style yeah, very see, much. The seemed... art style is one of my positives, but like you yeah, said, it's subjective. Exactly. So. And we saw this before with the, we were talking about Alita. Alita. Yeah. With, yeah, that's just something that's going to be up to the person. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Uh, you want to go into some positives? Sure. You got any? I mean, <laughs> it, it's keeping me intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> For me, Maybe because my... I don't know what's going on, and I, I kind of <laughs> want to get to the point where I do know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> and maybe you never do, so it's intrigued forever. Yeah, may- maybe there's just like, hey, we're not going to tell you what's going on, so you have to watch. You have to pick up volume two, and then I'm going to be like, yeah. oh, I hate you, Marvel. <laughs> my biggest positive was that um, it takes place in an established world, and you can tell. Mm-hmm. It name drops characters, but it's not like, hey, look at this character. It's just using it like commonplace knowledge right. of characters and locations and all that type of stuff. Just it feels like it's in a lived in universe that is established. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Like they name dropped the Avengers. Spider-Man was there. Captain America was there. They name dropped. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Reed Richards. They name dropped That's Iron right. Man. And it, it didn't feel like it was forceful. It just mm-hmm. felt natural, which makes it feel like it's in a lived-in world, which I really it, liked. Yeah, it, it feels kind of like um, like they're name-dropping these characters. But I, I definitely think what's great is that, like, honestly, like, putting her in other times. Because I feel mm-hmm. like it, it's, you know, like, you see this problem, um, I think, a few times with comics and movies and stuff. Where, like, sometimes characters will just kind of just pop up just for the sake of popping up and they're not really needed for the story, you know? Yeah. So I like that they're kind of keeping us about Captain Marvel and it's not just like, oh, hey, here's here's Hulk. Let's just throw him in so we can do something and make people excited, you know, for like 
a couple pages and then he'll just go away you know yeah um, it, it didn't feel like name drops it felt like like natural progression like, like she was just yeah yeah like she was actually thinking about these characters and mm-hmm. that's why she name dropped them not because oh we gotta name drop this right yeah like they make sense for kind of what's like for why she's there she's name dropping them essentially. yes exactly yeah exactly you're gonna keep reading i don't know yet yeah like I, kept I, said, re- I kept reading Alita, so I might as well just keep reading this, yeah. too. I do online, like this better than Alita. I would I'm agree with you honest. there. Yeah. Um, online, I found um, the 12 issues. That's the whole volume, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just read the first six, so I can definitely get the mm-hmm. next six. Yeah. It's on my back burner. It's not something I'm going to mm-hmm. get to right away if I get to it, that's for sure. But yeah. it, it definitely wasn't bad, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, we, we've read worse. <coughs> oh, we definitely have. Venom, go to uh, episode one if you haven't seen that. If you want something really crazy, go to episode one of the Stetson comic cast. What did we remember the random review? comic? We, well, we read Justice League volume one. I don't remember what the Marvel comic I didn't, was. I didn't do Avengers. I remember that. But then the random comic. Remember All-Star Section that? 8? Oh, was that really six episode pack one? and Grappler. Yeah, that was episode one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We that should was, re- we should review that again. We yeah, I want to bring we that. We get back. the whole thing, the whole uh, Look, volume dude, of it. We should honestly do that. I would be totally because that was to do so that. funny. Yeah, and I can talk about some characters that I've created that are kind of similar. I call them the underachievers. Really? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah, but anyway, that's the Captain Marvel comic. Uh, go check it out if you're interested to learn more about Captain Marvel because the movie's out and cool, cool, cool. People might want to learn more about it. So that's that. Well, I think that's about it. Do you want to move on to the activity? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Okay. Because it is Captain Marvel themed, I guess, and she's a woman. And actually, fun fact, today is uh, International Women's Day. Interesting. I didn't even know that. But anyway, we're going to be naming our uh, top three female characters. Do you want to do top three or top five? Uh, If you can pick five... I can, I'm sure I can get two more. Okay. Are we doing it in five. order or just randomly? I, you want to you do it like... Oh, five, four, oh three, wait. Two, one. Oh, I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, let's do five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Go back and forth? Sure. Do you have All your... All right, you start. Okay, wait, time out. Do you have your five already? <laughs> okay, so funny story. While you were talking right now, I was scrolling through Instagram because a long time ago... Let's see, when was this? August 13th of 2015, I posted on Instagram my five favorite heroes, my five favorite villains, my five favorite female heroes. Are you serious? So I was looking, yeah. So oh I was looking gosh. for that post and I just pulled it up. So you're just going to do that? Yeah. Okay. Okay, fine. I'll wing it. I'm going to leave that in the podcast. I'm not even going to cut that out. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just wing it then because I have my top three um, and I'm sure I'll just pick two. You go first though because you have your All list right. already. Number five. I'm actually going to change my number five from what's on my list. Ooh, plot twist, ladies and yes. gentlemen. So you start so I can think of a new number five. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's your number five? Okay, all right. So this is a total just like, like I said, I'm winging it, right? Um, this is the first character I just thought of. I do really like this character. Um, so many of you guys know my favorite game last year, Red Dead Redemption 2. I loved it. It was awesome. Uh, I'm going to pick the uh, lead female character in that game, Miss Sadie Adler. She's a cowgirl, 
and I bought my mic. Sorry if that ruined anything. But uh, yeah, she's really cool. Um, basically, I'll give you her backstory because why not? This is going to be a long episode anyway. Uh, basically, the game starts off with uh, her husband is dead and you go rescue her um, from like the people that are trying to kill her. And then she joins the gang and she's with you throughout most of the campaign. Um, and to be honest, she probably has the, I guess I should say, no, actually no, no, she has, she has the best development in the game. So I think that's kind of why, uh, I really like that character. Um, it's cause she's just like the arc that was written for her is just so incredibly well written. And so, yeah, that's kind of why I gravitated towards her. She's the only like cowgirl in the gang. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> that's it. Cool. I totally just grabbed her out of nowhere but she's in the top five <laughs> my number five is way out of nowhere as well and this is going to be probably pretty nostalgic for you okay it's a cat nala from the warrior series of books. oh wait oh oh is it yellow blue fang star? who is that no blue star was cool but i'm gonna have to choose yellow fang I don't she was the character. she was the medicine cat of the oh, shadow clan, right. and then she ended up joining later on the right. um, fire clan. I remember or not the now. Fire, whatever it was called, thunder clan. Thunder clan, yeah. Thank you. I remember now. So, and she had this crazy story of like she was bad, and then she became good, and she had this redemptive arc, mm -hmm. and she actually has um, a whole book. It's um, it's called Yellow Fang Sacrifice. I've I haven't finished reading it, but it's so good and. I gotta say, like, I never cry during movies or anything. Mm -hmm. There's one time that I cried during reading a book, and it was when Yellow Fang died. That's, That's the right. only time I've ever cried while reading a book. I'll have to reread those books. Because, like, I, Fantastic. I, 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 remember, I remember her, and I remember she dies, but I just, I don't remember the details of it. And I kind of, cause I feel like I cried, too. Or at least I feel like I was really sad. It was, like, such a good remember. death, too, especially for a children's book. I have to reread. I don't remember. So good. Uh, but yeah. Okay, you're number four. All right, my number four. Uh, many of you guys know I'm a huge Disney fan, so this it would be a crime if I did not pick a Disney princess to be in my top uh, female characters. Uh, and, you know, we went through our top animated films uh, last episode, and I mentioned that Rapunzel is my favorite Disney princess, so I'm picking Rapunzel for my number four. Uh, like I said, she was kind of the first, um, you know, growing up with Disney, she was kind of the first, uh, female character that I kind of just started to look up to, um, and kind of realize, hey, female characters can be kind of cool, so, uh, I won't really go into much detail with that, because you can, I mean, many of you guys know, you can just go check back last episode if you want to get my details on that, but I talked about Rapunzel a good amount last episode so uh yeah plus i've always had a thing for blondes actually now that i mentioned it sadie adler's a blonde too fun fact well she's always had a thing for blondes and brunettes and redheads okay oh ugh. come on all right <laughs> they, okay. they, they, don't need, they don't need to know all of that <laughs> all right my number four is raven oh cool I always thought her um, origin story was very interesting and very dark. I like um, dark stories. Mm -hmm. um, so just her whole story of mother being raped by a demon and then her having to deal with that of like, wow, my dad really sucks. He's literally a demon. Mm -hmm. And he really, really hurt my mom in a very horrible way. Mm -hmm. How do I deal with this? But how do I 
you know, deal with these demon powers as well. And like, how does she deal with that? And then her whole thing is she could take on the emotions of others and then put out those emotions and her whole power set has to deal with emotion. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool. Like she has super empathy. All right. So she's a cool character. Cool. So my, my number three is going to be Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Uh, Total badass. I mean, like, let's just, she, she's just so cool. You know, like, she is a queen. Like, literally, she's a queen, right? Like, Amelia Clark, I'm, I'm a huge fan of. I, I've mentioned this on the show, too. I feel like all these female characters I've just mentioned on the show before. Uh, but, like, literally, so, I guess a bit of piece of news. Um, but, Amelia Clark has, like, uh, a campaign on Omaze right now. Uh, if, in case you guys aren't familiar, it's, like, a place where you can, like, donate money and then you're entered in, like, a sweepstakes type thing. And literally, I told Josh this, but, like, oh, yeah, Amelia yes. Clark, like, posted it on Instagram, right? And I normally I, ne- I never enter those things because, like, the chances of you winning are just so, 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 so slim. I've donated so much money to that like literally it, I, I don't even know the amount anymore but like i, I stopped I, like, I literally went through because i have a list of like all like the games and movies and shows that i want to watch and literally like everything in january and february i'm just like I'm, I'm not gonna spend money on games or movies or shows i'm gonna put it all towards amelia clark's omaze thing just because i want a chance to meet her like to go to the to go to the red carpet premiere oh man like i don't even care that i'm watching game of thrones early like i just want to i just want to meet amelia clark because she seems so so i guess amelia clark is is more what i like than the actual character but anyway daenerys targaryen is there plus she rides a dragon like how cool that's is cool. that right like that's, that's really cool. that is awesome it's not a knife fury or a life fury but it's still a dragon so that's really cool 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 my number three is a magician zatanna Zatanna. Call it. I called it, ladies and gentlemen. She is just one of those characters that was made to be based on, like, to be a child of a hero, like, based on Zatara. Mm-hmm. But then she completely took off and became her own person, had her own personality, and um, not just what wasn't just a copy of her father character. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened with Stargirl. Stargirl's not on my list, but being the daughter of Starman and gaining the same type of power, same type of thing here with Zatanna versus Zatara. Mm-hmm. But both of these characters weren't just known because of their dads. They actually formed their own character and became this really cool character. And I love Zatanna's character. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my number two is going to, I think it's going to blow some minds. Actually, well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because I don't think people know that I like this character as much as I do. But when I was younger, right, um, last decade, there was a film series that I really loved. And I guess, you know, I still kind of like it, but I think it's more kind of nostalgia that keeps me coming back. But I feel like this character got overshadowed by the main character of the series. Um, and so my number two uh, is actually Elizabeth Swan from Pirates of the oh. Caribbean. Um, Good choice. I feel like I totally she, about her. she totally got overshadowed by Jack Sparrow. I think her development in those first three films are so good, right? To, to go from being like this... Um, damsel in distress to being like the king of or i guess queen technically but like king of the pirates like that's so cool right i actually watched uh pirates of the caribbean 3 recently because it was leaving netflix and i'm like you know what let me just watch it before it leaves netflix and like she has like some of the coolest 
like scenes in that film. Like I like I love the part where um like they're about to go off into battle and then she's like, Oh, what shall we die for? And she goes up and gives that whole speech to all the pirates. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. so cool. Um and I guess I don't know, maybe I was just too young to kind of appreciate uh, a female character like that when the movies first came out. But I feel like over time, um, especially since I mean uh, the newer pirates are not that great, but like um I, I feel like as I kind of watched um the first three um over and over again, like I just gained more and more respect for that character. Um and Kira Knightley did such a great job with Elizabeth Swan too, so uh plus I, I'm a sucker for pirates, so I love pirates. Well even the whole um thing with her and Will Turner too. Like yeah, the both real- of those characters were fantastic. Absolutely, but yeah, definitely yeah. Elizabeth Swan's I, character arc mm-hmm. was something really cool and i feel like yeah those two specifically like they just get overshadowed by jack sparrow like so much like i feel like everyone like when you think of pirates you just think of him but like people forget that like will turner and elizabeth swan were both like phenomenal characters um and yeah. i think it really went downhill without the two of them so i agree i mean that kind of just shows right i think there, the, you know? the fifth movie had a lot of redemption over yeah, the fourth i think so too yeah they just need to end it now just don't yeah, make it, it a more. fantastic ending don't make any more please <laughs> I love the how the end can be interpreted too, two different ways. Mm-hmm. You talking about the, the compass? One? Yeah, the, the how the, the like the compass working at the end. Oh, I forgot. Wait, what? So what happened with the compass? I forgot. So the whole thing was like, while the curse was there, the right. compass would always lead towards what Jack Sparrow wanted most. Yeah, and at the end, it points like to the ocean. Uh-huh. And it could have been interpreted two ways. One, it was pointing north again, so the com- the curse is over. The compass is pointing north. Oh, or two, interesting. Or two, what does Jack Sparrow love the most? The ocean. Yeah, sailing. Interesting. So it can be interpreted two different ways. Very. I've only seen that movie once. That yeah, it's a, I have to see that again. That's very interesting. Yeah. Very so, interesting. but either way, it's That's a great cool. ending. Yeah, for sure. Because it gives closure, but it's open too. Yeah. Anyway, was that your number two? That was my number two. Yes. My number two is Mary Marvel, sister mm-hmm. of Billy Batson and Captain Marvel, being nice. Shazam, the original Captain Marvel. But Mary Marvel, mm-hmm. really cool character, um, stands on her own, and is always there with Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. but she kind of takes the limelight a lot of the times mm-hmm. because of how cool she is. And same power set as Captain Marvel because they both get their powers from the wizard Shazam. Mm-hmm. But really cool character. And I hope that she isn't kind of sidelined or depowered or changed in the Shazam movie, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. My number one. No one is going to get this. Like, literally, I'm about to to blow some minds here. First, I actually want to say, before I get to my number one, is it okay I give an honorable mention real quick? Go for it. I have an honorable mention, too. Okay, awesome. So I'm actually going to give an honorable mention to Captain Marvel, actually. Um, mainly because, uh, again, I'm not as familiar with her. Like, I know about her. I know her powers and all that stuff. Uh, But obviously, you guys know my review of the movie at this point. Uh, She reminded me, the movie reminded me so much of Captain America 1. And if you guys know me, you know Captain America is, without a doubt, my favorite superhero ever. Like, he's he's just awesome. I I feel like it really is just kind of like, um, I kind of gravitate towards the characters that just have, like, 
they're just like good people you know like he has just he has just such a pure heart and so that's why i feel like i gravitate towards captain marvel as well so she's my honorable mention just because i feel like i'm still kind of getting to know her and i'm sure i'll start liking her even more in endgame and whenever we get a sequel to her film uh because it took me some time to kind of get used to captain america but i want to kind of give her a shout out my number one ladies and gentlemen you're not gonna have any idea who this is uh but she's one of the main characters of a video game I love that I've mentioned on the show. Uh, the game is Persona 5, and the character is Makoto Nijima. Everyone's probably like, who the heck is that? <laughs> so, little backstory on why I picked Makoto. It's actually kind of it's kind of embarrassing, but uh, Uh-oh. it's kind of funny. Uh, so, if you know me, you know I'm kind of a goofball, right? You You would say that, right, Josh? Kind of? Oh, you wouldn't say that? You're only kind of a goofball? Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, That was, so that was a joke. That was a I, joke. I think the reason why I've gravitated so much towards Makoto Nijima is because she is like very, she's very mature, she's very intelligent, uh, she's very, I don't want to say strict, but like she's, she's like on top of things, right? Like she's like, you're going to do this, you're going to do it now, right? She gets good grades and all this stuff, right? Um, but... Her persona is all, is all about kind of her being a, re- a rebel, like, inside and wanting to be, like, really fun and stuff, but she just doesn't know how to do that. Literally, like, her whole um, confidant in Persona 5 is you're literally just taking her to, like, fun stuff. Like, she's like, I want to be more fun, so you take her to an arcade, you take her to the movie theater. It's really funny, right? But the reason why I picked Makoto Nijima, the reason why I think I gravitated so much towards her character in the game is because, dude, I, I need to end up with somebody like that. Like, honestly, like, I need, I need someone in my life to just be like, Lesh, like, just stop playing video games and do work. Like, honestly, like, it, it's funny that, like, that's the reason. Um, and it, it, it's funny that I gravitated towards her because of that. But it's just like, I just see my future. And I'm like, yeah, I, I need someone. I need someone to kind of just lay it down for me. Because otherwise, because I'm a total wreck. <laughs> with Sydney and I, we talked about this a few times. Uh-huh. For me, I'm very much like... um the orderly person mm-hmm. and i do everything i have to have a plan for everything everything has order i yeah. have itineraries for everything and she's very much the going out and do things like just right. oh let's do this today uh-huh. and she always says like i help keep her in check and she helps bring the fun out of me yeah so it just kind of works that way you know yeah exactly like opposites attract man i think that's why i gravitated so much towards makoto's because she's like she's the total opposite of me but like it would work you know like if she was yeah. real i see what you're saying it would work, but like we could not be on more opposite ends, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of why she's my number one because I need a wife like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my honorable mention is actually Ellie Fredrickson. Nice, that's a good pick, actually. She only exists for eight minutes. That's crazy. But, but like they, the, they, they, her impact. Oh, man. Like, I've never seen anything like that in a movie before. Like, the impact that she has in just that yeah. short amount of time. Yeah. And then it lasts throughout the whole movie, but she's mm-hmm. only on film f- or on screen for eight minutes. And That's crazy. You're right. The impact that she has just in that. Mm-hmm. We, we need a whole episode dedicated to Up just because there's so much in that film. I'm down. But, but hot, up, down. That's, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, I, 
I wasn't even planning on that. I just... <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked. <laughs> I'll take it. Actually, I did plan that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's my honorable mention. Cool. My number one is Mera. No surprise. Queen of Atlantis, wife of Aquaman, and mother of Arthur Curry Jr. Really strong character. Mm-hmm. Um, mentally and physically and... um just character-wise, development-wise as well. Mm-hmm. Really cool origin story. If you look at her original origin story of, yeah, I got to assassinate this king of a different kingdom. Oh, I fell in love with him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and then just the the real-life issues that she has later on mm-hmm. and how she deals with them. Just really cool character. It's the reason she's my number one. Nice. Awesome. Cool, cool. Well, so yeah, those, those are, are our top five. top five. I guess top six if you include our honorable mention, which I guess yeah. would be our number six, even though we did it in between one and two. Right. But oh well. Yeah. I mean, I kind of winged it, so. Yeah. Well, we have something special <laughs> this week. We have a review to read. Someone reviewed our podcast. Awesome. I actually know this person, Robbie. So, Robbie, cool. thank you for your five star review. Thank you, Robbie. And I'm going to oh, go five ahead. Stars. Yeah, he gave We're us five not that stars. Good, dude. well thank you robbie we're gonna go ahead and read your review real quick robbie says this is honestly a great podcast i'm not the type of person to go out of my way to listen to one but i genuinely enjoy this a lot between the great facts and funny movements funny moments it's a great time and i'd recommend this to anyone who enjoys things y'all talk about thank you robbie thank you thank you for calling me funny i that's never happened before. <laughs> Usually when people say I'm funny, they're talking about my looks. Honestly. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Robbie. Yeah. Anybody else who wants to leave comments, we will read them on here. So mm-hmm. please leave us a review. If you are not from the United States, tweet at us to let us know you read a review because yep. we have to go by country view, one country at a time to see reviews. And I'm not going to check anything that's not United States unless someone tells me to. So. If you're not in the United States and you're listening, uh, one, I'm, I'm really surprised. So thanks. <laughs> and two, tweet at us to let us know that you left a, res- a review. For sure. And please do leave reviews. It really helps. So like what Robbie did, that's really helpful. Thank you. There were six people total that left a, re- a rating. But when you leave a review, it lets people read why you like the podcast too. So if you left a rating, please go back and leave a written review too if you have the time. If did, you don't have the time, we understand. But it's really helpful. So, did people thank really you, rate us? Yeah, we have six ratings. What? And, well, are they um, good? I think so. I, I just saw no six ratings and one review. So one of those six ratings, Robbie, left well, a review. And yeah, I know my friend, she rated us. Um, and then I created four accounts. And then that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I actually haven't rated us. So none of those ratings are me. Oh, one of them is me. Okay, well. I gave us fine. one star. No, I'm just kidding. Well, that explains. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about how to reach out to us. Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Lesh is more. Lesh is spelled L-E-S-Z. And is is spelled I-S. And more is spelled M-O-R-E. Very good. Thank you. And I am at Joshua Comics. Spelled at Joshua Comics. Awesome. You can reach out to us on Facebook, too. The Comic and Culture Cast, if you search it up, and we will be there. Ready to please. Yep. And again, please leave us a rating. 
we are doing a contest Indeed. very soon. We need to get some more ratings in so we can do a comment contest. Robbie has a um, opportunity to be a part of this contest as our first reviewer. And I mean, we have some more information coming soon. Got it. I was going to ask a question. Go for it. I guess I'll have more information coming soon. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Wailing Wolfish Aquaman, we've reached the end of the podcast. Well, that's just too bad, Aqualad. I guess we'll have to wait until next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you would like to listen to the conversation that Lesh and I had about the slight controversy stuff and um, our thoughts on it, and then my thoughts after that, um, keep listening. If not, well, then we will see you next episode, and we hope you have a wonderful couple weeks until then. Without any further ado, here we go. Um... Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so I'm going to start reading now. Uh, there's been a lot of drama recently regarding Brie Larson, who plays Captain Marvel. Uh, she talked about how she wants the film industry to be more diverse, specifically mentioning how film critics and journalists are mostly white men. Uh, and this angered people. Originally, I wanted to stay out of it since I don't like the drama, but since I am the Marvelous Marvel guy, and this is the Captain Marvel episode... Uh, but most importantly, I feel very, very strongly about one side, and I wanted to make sure uh, people know kind of where I stand on this. Uh, now, before I get to kind of what I think, I just want people to know that this does not um, affect or, or reflect, excuse me, my review of the film at all. This has nothing to do with what I'm going to give it as a rating. You'll hear my review in a few minutes. Has nothing to do with it at all. So I've mentioned, oh, wait. Okay, so some people don't know this, but uh, it's my dream to work in film and to move to Los Angeles. I'm quick to learn about what filmmakers and actors are saying, doing, and working on because I look up to many of them. Uh, I love watching award shows because it inspires me as an aspiring filmmaker. With that said, there are times when I will call out the quote-unquote Hollywood elite. Uh, for example, we mentioned this before, speaking your mind about politics I feel is fine. But I don't think an award show is the time and place for that. Uh, with that said, there are also times when I agree with them. And I agree with Brie Larson's statements uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'm a character guy first. For me, the character uh, is the heart of every story. Uh, maybe it's because I love creating my own characters, but I feel a bond between characters across all platforms. Um, I guess it's kind of a thing with me. I, I look up to characters like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor. Uh, but for me, it's not weird to look up to Captain Marvel or Wasp or Black Widow. Um, male, female, white, black, straight, gay. To me, it just makes no difference. Um, but I know that some people, um, that's not the case. They kind of love seeing someone like them on the big screen. And so I love that girls can look up to Carol Danvers now. Um, but what really breaks my heart is to see people attacking uh, Brie Larson, who seems like a genuinely kind person and wants to just see change in this industry. Um, it just feels like people are just penalizing her for just speaking her mind, which I think is a little unfair. Um, if you don't like the film, I get it, right? If you're not interested in the film, I get it. But uh, we saw something similar happen 
with The Last Jedi, you know, not too long ago, where people just went out and just attacked the cast for what, because they didn't like the film. To me, that's just not okay and is very immature. Um, I'll just close by saying film is a very special form of entertainment and we are doing a disservice to everyone involved by limiting certain groups in this industry and just spewing messages of hate at each other. So I just kind of wanted to say that and just kind of throw that out there because I know um, a lot of people are kind of just, I don't know what it is. Um, to me, she didn't say anything hateful, so I don't see why everyone's hating on her. But I just kind of wanted to just kind of give my uh, point of view um to me, Brie Larson stands for diversity in this industry um, and change for the better. Um, and I'm really proud to say that I am kind of with her and I look up to her even though I am just, I'm a guy, you know. But, I mean, that to me, that's fine, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry for taking up this time to kind of talk about that. But film industry is a huge passion of mine and I do want to see kind of a change. And I think just hating on somebody uh, for just, you know, what they believe is just, it's just wrong, you know. Um, so yeah, I know I'm normally very quiet about this stuff, but I respect, uh, Brie Larson a bit too much as a filmmaker, um, and actress to not kind of share how I feel and make a stand with her. So, uh, that's just kind of my thoughts. Um, but I wanted to kind of just throw that out there cause I know there's like a lot of drama going around. So yeah. To add to that, something interesting, mm -hmm. um, there's a much better way when you disagree with someone than to just shout out at them right um like what i do if there mm -hmm. are plenty of actors and actresses that i don't like and i disagree with mm -hmm. wholeheartedly yeah and what i do is instead of attacking them or the film i just don't support the film by not seeing it right exactly that's, that's if you all don't, you have if to you don't do. like it just don't see it that, that's like, all you have to do you know like I, I i don't understand why people just like they don't like something they feel they need to attack somebody on it like calm down you know it's a movie like you don't have to watch it you don't have to see it. Like, just relax, you know? Especially when there are so many other people that put stuff into the film and you're just attacking it for your disagreement right, with yeah. one person. Like just state that you disagree with that person and then don't see the film. There are hundreds of people working on this film. So they kind of just throw hate at one person and just, you know, cause that film to suffer because of it. I don't know. Like, to me, it's just, it's immature, really. Um, and, you know, normally I'm kind of quiet on this stuff because, again, like, I don't like the drama you know, I'm kind of just like, whatever about it. But yeah, I've just been seeing like a bunch of things going around and I felt the need to kind of speak my mind. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was actually talking to one of my students about this earlier today, mm -hmm. um, that um, they don't like Brie Larson. And mm -hmm. to be honest, I don't really like her either, mm -hmm. which is part of the reason I didn't want to see the film. And mm -hmm. we talked about that. We said that's why we're not seeing the film. Right. But we also talked about how like people like attacking the film is pretty dumb. Just yeah. Don't see the film if you don't like the person or right. the film. And yeah. th it's easy as that. I'm not hurting the rating of the film. Mm -hmm. I'm not hurting anybody in the film. I'm just not putting my money towards it. Right. I think that's a very fair way to deal with an issue. Yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah. The mature way to go about it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there because I mean, we and we saw it with Last Jedi last year, you know, mm -hmm. where people were just like, they just hated on the cast for it. And it's like, guys, it's a movie. Like, relax. <laughs> Calm down. But, yeah. But, I, yeah, I, w I wanted to speak my mind on it. I, I want to see, like, a change. I, I I really don't think we should be, like, just spewing messages of hate at each other. So, um, yeah, that's that. Anyway. Well, the thing is, people oh, okay. will um, 
they like to do these types of things on the internet because you can mm. be anonymous. Right. Do what else is anonymous? Boycotting and not seeing something. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's exactly. much easier yeah. and more respectful, you know? Right. So that's that. Yeah. That's that. Uh, so a couple things I just wanted to say, first of all, um, I really have no issue with Captain Marvel, the character, or even Marvel in general. I know I talk a lot of crap about Marvel sometimes, um, and I don't like a lot of their tonal choices and such. Um, but th despite that, I, I still want them to do well, of course. I think competition is extremely important, especially in the entertainment industry, because it strives the other side to do well. So I want both DC and Marvel to do well so they can help each other strive to do better, of course. So, and um want to apologize in advance as well. I'm much better at debating and conversation than I am at monologue. So please excuse me if I ramble at all during this. Celeste is not here to refute anything as well, so apologies for that. Um, I'm recording this one day after we originally recorded, so. My issues come in, actually, with Brie Larson herself. She's not much of a, um actress I enjoy. There are several actors and actresses I don't like. Um, Lush made a very good point about people can have their political opinions and speak out about them, and award shows are not the place for that. When it comes to me, I think um, as an entertainer, as an entertainer, you shouldn't really be speaking out about it at all. You can have your own opinions and do what you want with it, and um, I think that it it just kind of pushes people away. Like I talked about how with how split people are. Where you're, no matter what side you take, you're going to push away half of your audience or half of your potential audience. They're not going to be your audience anymore if you push them away. And it's very tough to cater to everybody when you talk about divisive things like this. And when it comes to Brie Larson, my issues with her started back in, I think it was June of 2018. And excuse the clicking sound in the background. I am pulling up quotes to make sure I am accurate in what I'm saying. And like I said, everything I'm saying here um, does not mean that Lesh or the podcast itself endorses it. Um, actually, quite to the contrary. Um, some of my things are disagreeing with Lesh, and that's okay. That's why it's great to have co-hosts and not one single host, because we can talk about these things and talk about our differences and things. But back in um, 2018, um, Brie Larson was saying, here's a quote from her, female and underrepresented critics can't review what they don't see and many are denied accreditation or access to press screening, she said. So if you are in this room, or if you know someone who is a gatekeeper, please make sure that these invites and credentials find their way to more underrepresented journalists and critics, many of whom are freelancers. Um, this was having to do with the movie A Wrinkle in Time and some of the bad reviews it was getting. Um, and then she went on to say, I'm, am I saying I hate white dudes? No, I'm not. But what I'm saying is if you make a movie that is a love letter to a woman of color, there is an insanely low chance that a woman of color will have a chance to see your movie and review your movie. It really sucks that reviews matter, but reviews matter. I don't need a white dude to tell me what didn't work for him in A Wrinkle in Time. It wasn't made for him. And then people clapped. I want to know what that film meant to a woman of color, to a biracial woman, to teen woman of color, to teams that are biracial. And for the third time, I don't hate white dudes. These are just facts. They are not my feelings. Um, 
she said it three times, but it does feel like she's trying to push people away rather than making a film. Like I understand films aren't for everybody. And I, I half agree with her and what she said and half disagree. Um, I agree that it sucks that reviews matter, but reviews matter. Um, I understand this because I lived through the whole BVS thing where it was very much a movie for the fans that were hardcore fans, but really only half the hardcore fans because the other half of the hardcore fans didn't like it and the critics really panned the movie. So I completely can relate to that and understand that, that a lot of times the movie is reviewed by people who don't like it and it's not really written for them. But I also think that's reality and that's, you just kind of have to deal with it because it's you're making a movie for the general audience, especially if you're giving it wide release in theaters. So whatever the highest percentage of people that watch a movie are, are going to be the people reviewing it. Now, a big part I do agree with her on is um, the idea of movie critics being a thing rather than just letting the general audience review it. Because I think a lot of times movie critics are, like I said before, um, a part of the elite and um, don't really relate to the common American. And I think that's an issue. And I think instead talk about this some more in a little bit but instead of forcing diversity just let diversity happen and don't try and force a certain type of review to happen just let it happen by opening it up so i i partially agree with her with the idea of opening it up but not to say bring in more people of color just rather bring in more people in general and kick out the elites and just let the common people review it that that was my first issue with her and as you can see at the at the beginning I, I was kind of on the fence of, with her of um agreeing and disagreeing now um more recently this is um back in february of this year 2019 some of her statements um i had a meeting with marvel and what we discussed is they wanted to make a big feminist movie and um the word feminist and feminism have really changed over the years. Um, if you don't know a lot about it, there was first wave feminism, second wave, and third wave. Some people theorize a fourth wave. Um, I tend to go with the traditional idea of three waves. And depending on who you talk to, you can get different ideas about each. Um, in my opinion, I think first and second were great. And I think third is where things started to go downhill. Um, uh, if you want have your own opinion on it and I, again you can disagree with me or agree with me but i believe that third is where things started to go poorly and i am completely on board with first and second and um i can tell when she's talking about this that she definitely means third especially with her um third wave especially with her other comments about things but then the film's director anna Bowden, um was less aggressive about the movie's intent and um this is i agree a lot with the direction that the director is taking more than what Brie Larson was alluding to because the director said the story lends itself to it we're not trying to make this movie about all women we can't make it about all women's journeys but just be really true to this woman's journey that's how I think you should do it that's what they did with Wonder Woman and I think it worked great they just made it about a character that was really cool and happened to be a woman not about a woman trying to be a man or a woman trying to be really cool. It was just about a woman who happened to be really cool. So uh, that's the that thing. And then um, the next one was, this is from very recently, late February. Another quote from Brie Larson. 
about a year ago. This is the the one that was the most controversial. And um I'm not wasn't offended. I usually am not offended by most things, um, but rather bothered. Because I really don't care, but it's all you'll understand when I I wanna finish. About a year ago, I started paying attention to what my press days look like and the critics reviewing movies, and notice it appeared to be overwhelmingly white male. Larson told Marie Claire's UK's K. Brown, K, I hope I pronounced that correctly, if not, I'm sorry, back in February, early February. So I spoke to Dr. Stacy Smith at the USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative, who put together a study to confirm that. Moving forward, I decided to make sure my press days were more inclusive. After speaking with you, the film critic Valerie Complex and a few other women of color, it sounded like across the board they weren't getting the same opportunities as others. When I talked to the facilities that weren't providing it, they all had different excuses. In its coverage of the story, the New York Post noted about the USC study that it found that of the 100 highest gross movies in 2017, 67% of top critics were white males, less than 25% were white women, while 10% were men of color, and 2.5% were women of color. Now, um, it's just a lot of data there, and I think it's important to look at, they're leaving a lot out. Um, why is the data the way it is? Like, for example, um, Thomas Sowell does a lot of interesting look at data, and there was this whole interesting idea of um, why were people of color getting pulled over for more for tickets, and he looked into the data and he found out that it wasn't that people of color were getting pulled over more for t um, driving. It was that young people were getting pulled over more and that the median age of colored people were younger. And um, so it was actually something completely different that was leading towards this one statistic. And um, I don't know. That, that was an older statistic. It doesn't lead to how things are now. It, it may still, but I don't know. But I think it's interesting to look at something like that and then look at the comments here and why is it more that way well i don't know well, let's see why just like why are there less women in stem and that's starting to change now but it always seemed that there were more men in stem and looking at it it was um that there it wasn't that they weren't bringing more people into stem it's that women were less interested in stem not because they were just less interested but because there were less opportunities given to them to make it more interesting to them where um, most of the time, women focus more um, mentally with emotion than men do. And there was no curriculum designed around that. So less women were becoming interested in STEM, so less were in that field. So I wonder if it's something the same way here. And that's kind of where I'm going with that. And um, just kind of, she was also talking about um, not just critics, but in the credits, um, that there were just too many white males. And I, again, I think when you're pushing diversity, uh, uh, when it comes to my personal opinion about it, diversity is not good. Diversity is not bad. It's a complete solid neutral. And let it happen naturally instead of forcing. I, I say don't force diversity. Don't for, force unity. Just let whatever happens naturally happen. And I think that's the best way to go about it. And I think when you're saying that things need to be more diverse, that's an issue. Just let it happen naturally, but don't also, don't keep out diversity. Don't push in diversity. Just let whatever happens happen. And um, just when she says 
that there's too many white males in an area. It just reminds me a lot of um, a certain comment made a few year few years ago about deplorables and how um, that really alienates a lot of people. And when you're trying to complain about something and then you make comments as such, it just alienates even more people. So um, this whole controversy with Brie Larson is the reason I don't like Brie Larson. <laughs> and and let's just this wasn't the beginning of her comments like this. She's had more in the past and um, it's the reason I won't see the movie and I don't want any money going towards the movie and I'm not going to see the movie, which is a shame because especially after listening to the review by Lesh and his uncle Ish, um, his Tito Ish, I think it seems like it is a pretty good movie, but I, I don't want to support it in that way, which is a shame. And I, I've done this with other movies and other actresses and actors as well. This is how I protest. Some people do it with a sign and marching up and down streets. I do it with my wallet. So that is that. And um, hopefully you learned something new. Maybe about me. Maybe about statistics and maybe about Brie Larson. But you're welcome to agree. You are welcome to disagree. That is the whole purpose of conversation and i think it's really fun and really cool to be able to have a conversation like that so that is that oh the one other thing i was going to say is um i do think that men and women are equal but not the same and that they are trying to push beyond that and it's a shame the way they're trying to push towards intersectionality and um I think it's a push too far and it's kind of undermining the original ideas and original cause, but that's my issues with Brie Larson and why I will not see the film and did not see the film. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you go ahead and choose whatever you decide whether you want to see it or not. But those are my opinions on the matter. And also that's why I put all of this at the end after the podcast so that way you can either decide to listen to Lesh's comments and my comments if you want, or if you don't want, you don't have to listen to it. Anyway, if you decided to stay this long, thank you and have a wonderful couple weeks and we will see you on episode nine.